Blog Talk Radio. Mr. Pop. The views and opinions of this show do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of this network and its affiliates. NFL Nation, welcome back to Inside the League with your favorite GM, Nelson Lozano. How's it going this evening? Just got off watching my man Eddie Gay's show, Say It With Your Chest. Always entertaining, always great to see the show, right? And I think tonight was never disappointing. You know, shout out to Eddie, man. He, He definitely does his thing on Fridays. If you do get a chance to check him out, check him out. It looks like he starts around 7, 8-ish um, on Fridays, a little bit before the show. But I got to shout him out, man. Shows mad respect. Uh, wants to make sure that we, we he's, he's here listening to the show right back. So I got to show love to Eddie uh, and the rest of the content creators out there um, as well. You know, shout out to you guys. I think Eddie brought up a really good point. He said, you know, the appreciation of content creators um, is it, it, it needs to be kind of replicated like like reciprocated it, it, it's it's something that you know again we do this out, out out of us our pure passion just like anybody else and you know if if negative things were talked about about those content creators that eddie gage put on that conversation um i think he mentioned dave kendra um uh, uh tyler right it, it it sucks if that's really what the case is you know <laughs> You, he's right. You want to give constructive criticism. How can these folks get better? Now, again, just like in anything in life, you have the things that you like and the stuff you don't, and you can choose to listen or not. But I feel, again, you know, we, we take this back to grade school, but, hey, if you ain't got nothing nice to say, don't say anything. And if you do ask on this day, please speak up and, and let us know so we can get better, right? We want to get better at our craft just like anybody else does, right? So I definitely understand that there that Eddie was talking about. Uh, when it came down to kind of that appreciation of people and the content creation team behind that. If you hear, are hearing the song behind us, you know, tonight's guest, as, as you know, we're going to have uh, the owner and the wide receiver of the Houston Hyenas, D.R. Sims, as well as uh, Tulsa Desperados, Dion Hawkins as well will be on tonight. And, hey, if you don't know this, man, a, a lot of OGs should know this. Lil Troy, uh, want to be a baller, right? This is a classic song here. And since we're going to be going down to H-Town, speaking with Damon tonight, uh, I think it's only in due fashion that we go ahead and show some respect out there. Now, the other thing I want to address, I heard this on Eddie's show, and I think it's it's something, again, uh, that bothered us. If you didn't hear the show, uh, there was a discussion between uh, Eddie Gage and, and and Dion tonight, right? And very interesting stuff, right? I think I think they got a lot of things off of their chest, no pun intended. Um, but it was the mention of kind of when people talk to players. Now, I understood where Dion was coming from in that situation, that you don't know, I guess, how early people are going to talk to your players. Um, now... If you got everything on lock, you're talking, everything like that, then your players will, will hold it down and say, hey, look, this is what it is. I'm not interested. I'm going to stay with this team or whatever the case may be. I am of the of the class of respect. 
and that's just me, right? Like, if, if, if I see you on this team and you weren't on that free agent list and you weren't trying to look on your own, I'm not going to go in and, and pursue you. That's just not me, right? Because I, I want to see – it is a competitive sport, and I get it. Competitive sport makes you do competitive things. I get you, but there's a there's an honor that I grew up with, right? It's, it's, it's kind of like that code, right? Um, you know, you you what ain't mine, I ain't touching, <laughs> right? Your parents tell you, you know, you going into this grocery store, you better not touch nothing, right? So if if it ain't mine, I'm not going to touch it. I'm not going to pursue it. I'm not going to do any of that stuff um, until I know it, it is it is fair game to to pursue. Now, hey, this is this is again a court, so I understand people will be trying to poach your players as soon as possible. But that's, again, where I feel Dion on that, right? It, it, I, I know there's teams out there that have contacted my players. And, you know, it, it, my first reaction was, oh, okay, you know, my players wasn't available, though, so who are you talking to, right? But in the same side of the things, I do understand it's a competition. And if I'm doing my job right as a general manager, ensuring that my players are happy and ensuring that they're in a culture that they feel that they can be better as SFL players as well as people of the community, well, shoot, go ahead. You know what I'm saying? Do what you, what you think is best because I always would do what's best for my players. But it does take you back some, and I, and I, have, to, I have to side – a little bit on Dion there because it does, man. Like that, that kind of, you know, bothers you a little bit when you know they wasn't on that free agent list, right? They wasn't on there, so you took it out of your initiative to go speak to somebody who you knew wasn't available. So, but that is something that is part of the game, and you have to understand that. And it's not personal; it's business, right? So I think again, coming from that standpoint, understanding that I, I wanted to give my two cents on that, couldn't say it with my chest. And get enough time to get on Eddie's show to say that with my chest, right? But um, I do want to share that, right? I, I understand that that school of thought, but I do understand both sides of it. And I understand the competitiveness and you wanting to put the best product on the field. Completely get it. And it's going to continue on whether, whether I like it or not, right? But I just feel as a person of respect, if that person ain't put on free agency – they didn't tell you, hey, look, I want to talk to some, I want to go talk to other teams, and that's not an open, understanding conversation. I can't do it. It's it's just not me to to go behind somebody's back to pick on their player that they probably are trying to develop and make better to get them over here from my competitive edge. I think there's a, a lot of great players in the draft that you could probably get somebody out of there and uh, and really not lose anything of what you might have lost, right? But you know, again, two cents of what I wanted to share. Tonight's guest uh, looks like uh, they are already in the building. So without further ado, just like I do on every show, let me go ahead and introduce the owner of the Houston Hyenas as well as their star wide receiver, Damon Sim, a.k.a. DR Sims. How you doing, Damon? How you, how you feeling this evening? I'm doing great, Nelson, man. How about yourself? Thanks for having me, by the way. <laughs> Uh, no problem. You know, thank you for reaching out and being like, hey, Nelson, I, I want to talk about, um, you know, how I built this roster and everything about it. So I'm very interested to hear that standpoint. I, I, I know you didn't probably get to cast the beginning of the show, but I made a dedication to Houston for you uh, playing uh, Want to Be a Baller by Lil Troy. Um, and, I had a, and I had another Houston song for you, right? I had Still Tipping, but for some reason it's still processing. So... 
I, you know, I wanted uh, Houston is very big to me personally. Uh, I spent I used to spend a lot of summers out there uh, on the north side of Houston, and uh, okay. you know, my respect for for Houston is 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 unlike no other. It's another city, you know, from Los Angeles. Going to Houston, it made me feel like a safer family environment. Uh, but don't get it twisted. Yeah. Houston can turn around really quick uh, if you don't know where you're oh, yeah. at or what. Uh, you know, I, somehow I ended up in, in, in I think, uh, the fourth ward. I think it's fourth or fifth, one of those wards. And uh, they told me you, okay. you need to act correct when you come into this ward. So I understand how it can be. Um, and, you know, I have all the respect. But I'm going to tell you, it's it's a big city of respect. And as long as you show respect yeah. and you and you and you replicate it and you are and a lot of people and, and you still have the other uh, the southern hospitality in Houston as well. So I think it's such a, a great mecca. It, it, I could talk all day about Houston, um, but I had to show some appreciation to the city that I spent my summers in because it was amazing nonetheless. And shout out to my cousins that live on the north side of Houston. That's what's up. That's what's up, man. I really appreciate that. And I mean, you're totally right. Houston is is probably one of the the most hospitality cities that we have here in the south. Um, as as we all saw, you know, back in 2005, what happened to. Uh, New Orleans with Hurricane Katrina. I hate to bring that up, uh, and, and because that was just such a devastating tragedy uh, to that city. But the city of Houston embraced, you know, those New Orleans, Louisianians who came over, um, you know, to our city with open arms. You know, and and anytime there's like a, a disaster happened somewhere in the south, or so Houston is always, you know, got, got trucks lined up at the Astrodome and sending food and supplies, you know, to those those locations or so. But yeah, man, that's that's one thing about Houston, man. We 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 it's just such a great city. Uh, a lot of people call us country down here, but we're far from country here in the city of Houston. So. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, Houston is so mixed with with so many cultures, and you're right. So, yeah. you know, speaking about that, you know, I was in Houston at the time when all this happened. And I remember my cousins complaining a little bit and saying, man, all these people from Louisiana, man, they think they're better than us. And, and they don't know Houston and Houston this and that. And they over here playing Boosie and we over here playing Mike Jones and, and Slim Thug and da, da, da. And I was just like, I'm not even from here, so I could give two crafts. But it was, you know, Houston did. They did accept them. I know it was a hard transition, right? Because you're bringing different culture into a city that has its own identity. Right, Houston's really big right. on Houston. I mean, Texas as a as a whole is very big on Texas, right? But Houston mm-hmm. itself, a, the a, you know H Town, there's no un, unlike no other, right? There's every hat variation out there, shirt variation out there. I saw uh, people swinging. I saw but at all, right? So, but you know, it, you're right. It's 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 not southern though, but it, it does have the southern hospitality. It has a major city yeah. feel, yeah. right? But it, it but it mm-hmm. feels it, it it gives you to me in all the major cities in Texas it gives me the closest to feeling like a major city with a lot of culture behind it and great people and and like I said Houston has has just been amazing to me as a city and I loved every minute of it and, you know I, I really appreciated to grow up a little bit in that city at least every summer you know I would go down there if I didn't make it a summer I at least go for a few weeks 
but it was just again i always used to love what the city was about how they embrace each other right i i was there you know when you know learning what screw music was and and and, and learning that culture i mean there's a lot of culture in in, in houston and what i always respect about yeah. Houston too is there's a lot of businesses a lot of businesses that are mm-hmm. self-sufficient businesses from people of houston so when you go into a shop i always talked about this when you go into a shop or, or a business Nine times out of ten, the business owner is there, and they greet you, and they say, hey, thank mm-hmm. you so much for coming into my shop. Like, how did you hear about it? You know, and I'd be like, oh, I'm not even from here, man. I found you. So they love hearing that. You're not even from here. You can't show love? Oh, my God. Let me show the love right back. And it's, it's what yeah. I loved about the city so much that you can speak to a business owner. That might seem so outside of the realm for a lot of people. Like, that don't, that don't sound something crazy. Hey, in Los Angeles, I could walk into a, a boutique and never meet the owner. Okay, so when you when I had the owner right there grinding and, and also shaking my hand and being just appreciative of the one customer that came in versus being used to walking into a spot and nobody talking to you, it is a, it is a different experience and it's a humbling experience and it's probably why I love the city so much. It's so much happening, so much growth in within the city limits itself as well as people themselves. That you know, again, I could talk about it all day. Let's talk a little bit about you, <laughs> the mom. Before we get, we sell, we sell everybody on a package deal to go down to Houston, and they should be. It's are going to the convention, right? Because I know a lot of them will be going through through Houston, I think, and then heading down that way. Uh, but if you do get a chance, yeah. enjoy. But Demond, let's start with you, right? What, tell us a little bit about yourself. Oh man, dude. I mean, on the topic of Houston, I grew up on the south side of Houston, uh, uh, Nelson. So. Growing up, man, you know, in, in the 90s, as you stated, you know, screw music, you know, come onto the scene. I'm like in my sixth, seventh grade year of junior high school. And the first time I hear it, I'm at a Halloween party that one of my cousins is throwing. The DJ is my uncle's best friend. They went to high school together. And I ran over to the, the DJ tape and I was like, what is that you're playing? Why is it so slow? He was like, man, it's screw music. I was like, that shit is dope. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, it, it is. But uh, but 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 yeah, man. So you know the 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 whole deal there, man. That was that was just a movement in Houston that just really took off. And then you know we had the freestyle thing going on here in Houston. Um, but but a little bit of that, man. Just as I'm just one of those humble individuals, you know, from this from this city, man. That's just I grew up, man. Maybe about. 15, 20 minutes from the Houston Astrodome, you know, uh, which is on the south side of Houston as well, on the on the south loop. And uh, man, it's just, it's, it's, I can go on and on about my life story, but I'm not going to go that deep. But, uh, <laughs> no, I mean, <laughs> but, but, you, you know, know man. Understanding the, the the area that you come from, Houston, you can feel that, right? Like, you are a person who I yeah. feel embodies the people of Houston. You are a person who try who gives second chances, right? Uh, you're a person who mm-hmm. invests in people, and you have a lot of pride in this team because it's a Houston team, right? It's Houston. Anything Houston, ain't no touching it. The Astros, the Texans, I mean, you name it, right? That Houston don't play with the team. So, oh, no, you, know, they don't. you, em- and, and you embody that with your own team in Houston. And it, yeah, you know, again, it, it shares... Getting to know that and, and knowing what you're... And again, you talk about screw music, right? Like, I didn't have an appreciation for it until going to, to, to Texas, right? Like, coming out, I was like, what is this? Like, this is so slow. Like, why, what's the point of it? And not, not understanding 
that the slow <laughs> would would help people catch what people were saying, right? So if you were a whack rapper, mm-hmm. they would easily catch it because they'd be like, oh, I can hear it. Slow down. You suck. You know, you making it faster <laughs> isn't going to make it any better. But then we also understand the yeah. lean culture and, and that side of things also played a factor to how the music would pertain to those people in that type of, you know, uh, uh, inebriated state, if you will, mm-hmm. right? Um, so, like I told you, I experienced Houston, and in, 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 <laughs> as a real Houston person, I, I almost lived it as much as possible uh, because my family was always so, so supportive. So, um, what part of what part of Houston are you? And you know, there's always the South Side, North Side. What, where do you where do you uh, hail from yourself from the city of Houston? I hail from the South Side of Houston, man, South Park. Ah, um, uh, South Side, not just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's, it's, I it's crazy. I should play Lil Kiki for you. You know what I'm saying? That's why I should have played. <laughs> you know, you know, you know, you know, man. A, a lot of people have their different anthems of what Houston, you know, song should be. You know, mine personally would be uh, would be. Uh, uh, oh my goodness, what's the name of the song? Okay, uh, it, it's by Mad Hatter. The, uh, the which is who which is the disc the uh, the radio this jockey uh, for 97.9 The Box and his song is Down South Where I Stay Switchbowl Lane Through the MLK From the South Side To the MLK The South the South Side Players like the Swing and Bang <laughs> that, That's mine You know what I'm saying A lot yeah. of people would say Still sipping on full foes A lot of people would say Lil Kiki You know Do the South Side So I mean A lot of people would say Slim Thug You know So it, it, It's just Everyone just have their different thing, you know. A lot of people will say, you know, June twenty seventh freestyle is the just the Houston national anthem. So uh, <laughs> it's just crazy, man. Just thinking with you, and you're not even being from here, and you know so much about the city, about the culture. It just brings a big smile to myself and makes me proud of how you know how you you just speak so so greatly about a place that you're not even from, but you spent you know multiple seasons here uh, on, on vacations and stuff. Um, yeah. And you also you also mentioned that you know how how proud I am about you know the Houston hyenas and 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 that's true you know like when we started the league started to really blow up and we started getting a lot of people coming in and so forth um, a lot of things change and what I mean by that is that we started to get a lot of people with different characteristics that we wasn't used to and so forth you know. Um, <clears throat> And, you know, I would see people talking about my team or even talking about my player. And I would come to my team's defense and for that player defense as well. Uh, and, and that's just me, man. It's just, you know, if someone's under me, man, I'm, I'm going to try to do my best to protect them. And especially the Houston brand, you know, um, I will always be a fighter uh, for this brand. And um, I have, um, I've had multiple uh, thoughts of changing the brand, but... I said, it's just something about Houston Hyenas. It just stick. You know, a lot of people ask me how I come up with the name. I know that's one of your questions you have for me, so I'm not going to get into that. I'm going to let you ask that question first. <laughs> uh, and, 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 and it's, it's a real funny story behind it. And, you know, some people are like, well, what does Hyenas have to do with Houston? This was a question from, from Mike St. Green when I'm at his house, you know, watching Super Bowl with him and Eddie on his sofa. He's like, Man, Hyenas has nothing to do with Houston. So, you know <laughs> I can if, if I'm gonna let you get to that story, right? But maybe mm-hmm. it does and maybe it doesn't, right? I mean, the city 
you know, hyenas roll in a pack, right? They they roll together in yeah. a sense, and I feel like the people of Houston roll for each other. You know what I'm saying? When when any kind of disaster happened, and you know, the most recent disaster that that Houston went through was the major freeze. Okay, that major right. freeze that happened back, like you know, at that time I had I had had my accident, and um, mm-hmm. and 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 you know, my uncle, I called him, and he's like, you know, my uncle is, is is positive, right? I never met a Houston person probably who wasn't positive, to be honest with you. Um, yeah. uncle was just like, no, we we doing okay, you know. And I was like, can I do anything for you? Right? I know I can't send money or right now, or you know, you don't have access to anything right now, but can I just do something? And he's like, no, we good, mm-hmm. you know. We we we're, we're resilient, and our neighbors have came and checked on us, and we've that, you know we're good, and we're all working together, so we're good. We got a community of people here who are trying to help each other out yeah. in this situation. Houston strong is a really big thing, and um, that's what I'm saying. It, it's so strange because you get that, but then you, like I said, you can get yourself in situations real quick where that can change. <laughs> And, and you get one of the, <laughs> yeah. the hardest people that you ever meet. You'd be like, whoa, you were just happy like 10 seconds ago. How did you go so, you know, crazy? So, like, like I said, the, yeah. the you know, I have major respect for, for Houston and, and for what, you know. And that's why maybe I understand the team a little bit more. And maybe the hyenas, I'll let you share that story a little bit. But, you know, maybe the in the pack and, and how that goes may be the case. I'm just guessing, right? But, no, I mean, <laughs> uh, it, it you know, I, I do like you know, it's it's so crazy. You know, I was I, I always planned on moving to Houston and try to get down there. Um, I deal with like no joke, not cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so that made me kind of rethink it. So it's it, I, I'm very excited to hear that story, and we'll get to that shortly. Uh, my my question is, I know, and, and one of the things you've been been what well, actually this is what I wanted to share with you. So you were the inspiration for me to want to create a digital press conference and I always wanted to tell you this and I'll let you know why so when I watched the um, the documentary I always mention it right because uh, Mel Davis who's, who's, who's a really good friend of mine um, was like hey have you ever checked out the SFL never had right try to do the research and that led me to the documentary okay and then I remember looking and you came up now I didn't notice that they filled your filled you in with the SFL logos on your side, and then you had the Houston. I had thought that you had screens on the side of you, right? Like like how you would see in the NFL, right? And I sat mm-hmm. there and I said, man, that that inspired me to want to see if I could try to do a press conference that did mm-hmm. in the documentary. Now, I, I, watching wow. the documentary again is when I saw that they filled that in. So I'm guessing because of how the scene was, was shot, they wanted to fill it in so it wasn't just empty space. But it made it look no. like that you had two video, like two video screens right here behind you, and you were doing like a digital press conference. And I thought that was the yeah. coolest thing. And, and, and that's actually what sold me to join the league with Mel mm-hmm. because I saw what you wow. guys were doing to try to make this as realistic as possible. So when I saw that, I said, oh, my gosh, that's crazy. Like, he's really doing a press conference in this area for yeah. his team, right? And that really inspired me to start doing the podcast. And I'm, I'm working my way to doing what you inspired me in that documentary uh, to do, which was having wow. you guys as, as, as owners or head coaches or whatever, the ability to have, you know, have structured where 
somebody gets on Zoom, right? You have all the people who want to ask interviews, like anybody from Swamp Talk or anybody from anything else, and then they can ask those questions to those um, to those co- head coaches, just like in the NFL. Hey, tell me how you know how this game plan didn't go the way you want. Boom, they can have that reaction and they can have that right. questioning like you would find if you look at any NFL team now, right? Like they always have the, the – right now they're talking about training camp and they have the, mm-hmm. the head coach there and he's answering all the questions from the press. So I, I say that to say this, you know, it's so crazy. You've been with, in the SFL for so long and I want you to share your story. But something you did back then because that video, mm-hmm. I joined season 14. I think you guys did that season 11 or season 10. Uh, oh, no, so that, that- that documentary, that documentary yeah. came out um, right before season six, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. They came out right before season six because because the because the, uh, the DC Dragons had just won the won the championship, and um, in October um, of summer summer fifteen, season six started winter of 2016. So uh, so right after that championship game um uh cam flew out to to, to 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 jacksonville to meet up with with frank and they shot the dog they shot that little scene where where, where, where where at a park or whatever you know mm-hmm. and, and 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 that was hilarious man you know so yeah that was way back man, in man in in 2015 uh, when that documentary was shot yeah oh wow so that's what but, i'm saying but, you've been but, around but, with but, this league for so long you know what i'm saying that's yeah that's such that's what appealed to me to join this league, and that shows how mm-hmm. long you've been with the league. And it's even been longer than that, and I, and I would love for you to go into that detail, your SFL story of, mm-hmm. you know, the start of it. Because you were there in the start of it. You were you were there, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, met up Cam and, and, and had your own kind of viewing party, right? And you guys didn't know each other that time, and I could be wrong. I, I'm trying to see if I remember it. This is me piecing together interviews and stories yeah. you guys share with one another and that was like right. the first time you guys ever met and you guys were kind of like commentating and it's like the room exploded off of this play and you guys were hugging and high-fiving and doing these things so you've been around for a while you know Demont. so how did you get here how did you even find this in the first place i actually man i i actually found the league on youtube and and when i found it i was like wow i would love to be a part of this but then at that time, this was around 2014, maybe 2013 or so. Um, I'm at my desk. I'm at work, and I'm 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 on YouTube, and I'm not supposed to be. Um, but <laughs> and so um, and, and like I say, I, because at that time, a lot of people were still making videos about all pro football 2K8, and so one of the guys who I followed, who was still putting out a lot of content back then, is by the name by a guy that goes by the name of uh, Taurus Patrick. Uh, I mean, that, that's his real name, uh, Taurus Patrick, but his YouTube name was Big Play Killer. So he would do a lot of videos um, with with all pro football and then with NCAA because he was a big college fan, football fan as well. Uh, so as I stated, I would, you know, any, anytime I'm, I, I wanted see some type of content of, um, of all pro I would go into the search engine type in all pro football 2k8 and then I would also do a filter for the last week for me to see everything that you know that came up and I just come across these videos I mean it's like a line of videos all of a sudden just popped up out of nowhere and it says 
SFL. I think it was season three or season. Yeah, it, it, it was season three, and it was like highlights. And I'm like, what is this? You know? So I click on it, and and and, and at the time, um, the 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 servers were still open. So I'm thinking that this is maybe like some type of online league, you know? Yeah. Um, and so, uh, so I ended up clicking on those videos and looking at them, and I'm like, no one is playing the game. But then there's someone doing a live commentary over it. I was like, first of all, who is this dude? You know? <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, because, because I'm going to tell you like this, Nelson. I'm an individual uh, with that my attention span is short. And that if you don't grasp me in the first five seconds, I'm moving on to the next video. You know? So yeah, right course. out the gate, right out the gate, Cam caught my attention. You know? And, and I, I was hooked. So I would just watch the videos you know that he would post on youtube at the time um but i was also part of the the casual dope gamers uh league which was ran by tj the owner of of the baltimore vultures and so tj ended up stumbling across the sfl as well and so tj ended up reaching out to cam and tj ended up getting a team and then uh which was back in season i think tj ended up getting in season three or season four something like that uh, and then uh, T-Pack ended up getting in I want to say season 4 for sure it was season 4 T-Pack got in uh, now this is people I'm naming who are all in the CAG league so TJ got in T-Pack got in Ramos got in season 5 Destro got in season 5 we're all from CAG right so we all, we're all coming to this league you know so <laughs> I did a proposal for season five, but I didn't get in because my proposal was crap. You know, I just, <laughs> basically what I just did some research on why the Houston all has left town and how did Bob McNair come up with the Houston Texans and brought them back to town. I just like copied and pasted and changed some names around. And here's the crazy part. But that season five expansion that was added to the league, I didn't know this mm-hmm. until after the, the names were, the teams were, were introduced, but Ramos and I introduced the same team with the same colors. Um, oh wow! Which was the gorilla, which was the gorilla. So I have already, I already had a team created that was the gorilla that had those red, I mean those uh, orange and blue colors, and those colors came from um, uh, not from the Denver Broncos, although I do like them on Denver. But I had a white helmet. I think Ramos had an orange helmet for his team. Uh, mine came from a local high school, which is called Bush High School, which is in Fort Bend, uh, Fort Bend ISD, uh, which was in the same district I was living in at the time. Uh, and and I just love the way how the how, but Bush High School was the Bush. I mean, they were called the Broncos, but I just took that um, gorilla logo because it was kind of similar to it, you know. Uh, it just shows the head of it, and that's basically all I wanted was just the head. I didn't want the full body of the horse. But anywho. <laughs> So, um, so then when season six came around, I guess Cam, I guess he, I can say he dummied down the, uh, <laughs> I guess I can say he dummied, dummied down the, uh, the, uh, the proposal because it was basically, you went in there, he, he gave you like a link, you go in there and uh, answer a few questions and then you have to type out, you know, why you, what's going to i mean why you want to be an owner so and, and, and what's your experience with simulation so i just basically just typed in man 
the love that I have for simulation because back on Tech Mobile, my brothers and my cousins, we would do simulations back on Tech Mobile. Um, we would also do it on the back on the PlayStation with um, um, 989 Sports. Um, what was it? NFL Game Day. Um, we didn't do it with Madden. Madden was crappy back then uh, because it still looked pixel. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Madden does never get love. I'm telling you, man. Madden has lost its, its its love in the community. Yeah. That. Yeah. So basically, man, I I talked about what I would do for the league, such as you know how I would sh- would, would 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 share the league through all of my social media, um 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 um, um outlooks or whatever, you know, and 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 basically my first few seasons, that's what I was doing. I mean, I was pushing out, you know, anytime my team was playing, I was posting the link um, on my Facebook page that I created for my team, even on my personal Facebook page. Um, I was also putting it. I didn't have a Twitter account at that at that time. Because uh, me, I'm the type of individual, if I'm on something, I'm loyal to it. So I was loyal to Facebook, and I was like, I'm not going to Twitter, you know. Uh, that's just, I'm just weird <laughs> like that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I know yeah, so managing okay. a lot of social media sometimes, it can be a lot. You're trying to manage yeah. Twitter, you're trying to manage <laughs> Facebook, you're trying to manage all these things. It can get mm-hmm. quite, quite tedious, and I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I think um, I'm not so much in the same boat. I, I kind of let go of Facebook. Um, Mm-hmm. It really went more to Twitter and Instagram, right? I feel like I go to Twitter yeah, for I'm, my news. I'm, I'm with you now. Yeah, yeah, like my news and stuff <laughs> comes from Twitter and, and whatever mm-hmm. jokes and things I may follow. And then my family stuff, like news with my family, comes from IG. And I know Facebook kind of puts okay. that all together, but I don't always want that together. You know, sometimes I want yeah. certain mm-hmm. things in certain places, and I feel like Facebook got a little personal Absolutely. and brought in some family yeah. members we've seen in 30 years. And I don't yeah. really want that, right? Like, we ain't talking 30 years. It's weird. You know, now we can't really, you know, we yeah. can be friends, but it's just going to be through Facebook. So I felt like that concept <laughs> wasn't really the same as, as an Instagram. Instagram, I got family yeah. members. Passing mm-hmm. this millennium, you know what I'm saying? So. It, it felt a little bit more connected, so I understand it. I understand it now. Yeah. When you went through, so the I'm gonna wrap you it, went through the yeah. I'm gonna wrap it, wrap it, wrap it up real quick. Um, so during the season five playoffs, um, I can't remember what team was playing. I want to say it was the DC Dragons versus the the Louisville Wolfpack, and I just typed in the comments. I say Cam. Well, see, at the time, there was a, there, uh, uh, um, this guy is a wide receiver on my team now, um, but he was on the DC Dragons, which was uh, Greg Corky. Um, he and Cam, he used to meet, both of them lived in San Antonio. So Greg would go over to Cam's house and they would broadcast the games together, right? Yeah. And so um, I posted in the comments, I was like, uh, Cam, if you don't mind having me, I, w- I would love to drive out to San Antonio and, and, and broadcast a game with you guys. Cam hit me up, I think on Facebook, and he was like, were you serious about your comment? I was like, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I said, dude, I would drive to San Antonio and broadcast a game with you guys. He was like, all right, bet. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, man, so um, he, was like, he was like, dude, it's like three hours away. I was like, dude, what's three hours? You know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, for, Don't say that to somebody in Texas, man. You do say that to somebody in Texas, and they be like, <laughs> It was three hours. So they were like, man, I drive I drive to San Antonio and back. No worries. I'm like, dang, man, y'all really out here driving? Really? But yeah, no. Don't say that and, to somebody from Texas. That ain't nothing. 
exactly. And that's what I did. I drove to San Antonio that morning and drove back from San Antonio after the game was over with. And as you stated, you know, you're right. Uh, uh, um, broadcasting that game, man, it was it was it was pretty hilarious. Well, first I get out there, I, I go to Greg's house. Greg is a Cowboys fan just as well as I am. So I go to Greg's house. We watch the Cowboys game. They lose to the Falcons that day. Greg and I drive over to Cam House. Uh, Cam and uh, Mike Peters. Mike Peters is also the owner of the, the, the football league. I don't want to say it's PH1 Sports, um, who is also DJ Majesty, um, who is in the Oh, okay. And so, and so, yeah, so he and Cam answer the door, and they're like, how about them Cowboys? So they're making fun of us because we lost in Green Bay and Minnesota won that day. Uh, <laughs> but look, I, so, yeah, I, man, I, will, I will refrain who's my team uh, because we are rivals. Um, it, but uh, you know, if, if it we are same division, so um, so we'll see how it goes this this year when we face y'all. But I'm gonna watch the football team fan. <laughs> oh, I'll just I'll just ask you: Do your team have a name? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not yet. We'll see what it ends up being, man. I feel like it's going to stay Washington, but, you know, it looks like Washington yeah. Washington is making something of themselves because they, they beat y'all butts a couple of times as with the Washington yeah, football yeah, team. So yeah. maybe it's a winning formula. Maybe we should keep it. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, I actually, I heard they're being sued for the name, the football team, because there was a guy that bought up the rights to it. Yep. Once, once, he they, bought, once they got rid of the name Redskins, uh-huh. yeah. Some guy he bought, bought a bunch of names every that name. Come up with. Yep, he yeah. was a dentist in McLean, Virginia, mm-hmm. I think it is, something like that. And as soon as this happened, this dude bought everything, everything under the sun, every name that is a possibility of this being it, he got. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't really know what what they're planning to do, but he knew what's up he i mean he's admitted it he's like hey look you i saw an opportunity i'll bid it <laughs> and then i'm i'm hoping it pays off for a big payday so he's not he's not sugarcoating it you know he did it it was yeah. strategic right but that is also on dan you know who who isn't the most loved owner anywhere nobody yeah. the only yeah. credit dan's getting is everything recent that he decided to get himself out of it but i'm gonna tell you the people mm-hmm. of the area don't like dan like Dan, as as a person in the community, isn't a person in the community. He is exactly what you see on, that people don't like. So, but he he made a smart decision. He let somebody come run it. So we'll see how that ends up going. But, uh, right, you know, uh, we'll see what happens from there. But no, so you guys, so you're over there. It's the first time meeting. How how did that ended up going? You know, was first it, time was meeting, it all- Dan, man. That was it. Was it was I wasn't. Uh, it was it was it was hilarious. Um, so as 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 we get ready, we're setting up, and and, and I'm thinking, okay, so it's a four man crew. So we come up, we come up with a system as far as how everyone is going to have a chance to speak. We all know that Cam is the main speaker, right? So everyone, so you know, Greg is going to say a little something about you know the game that's happening after Cam does the plays, and then it will go to Mike. And then it would come to me. Then it would roll back, rotate back over to, to Greg, then Mike, then me. So we did that the entire game. But I was kind of like shy with it, whether I was talking real low, but I was also being like uh, a critic and such as like, uh, what's the guy name? What's the guy that be on Sunday night football? N- not broadcasting, but Sunday night pregame with uh, with uh, Tony Dungy. What's his name? Rodney Harrison. 
Mm-hmm. You know how Rodney Harrison's up there he's, and he's talking. He's got like that, that 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 criticism talk. You know. Yeah. So that's that was that. I went into a character mode. You know, for 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 that for that broadcast. And that's basically what I was doing. I was just like, you know, in in in, in a criticism mode. You know, the entire game. I'm just criticizing everybody. You know. And I'm like, well, you know, DC want to win this game, but you know, they ain't giving you know uh, uh, um, the running back the ball, which was uh, Richard Snowden. I was like, Richard Snowden is what got him here. They want to win this game. They got to get the ball to Richard Snowden, you know. So I'm just going off like that, whatever. But yeah. uh, <laughs> but like I say, I was kind of shy with it because I didn't want to be too loud with that. Um, um, my voice is overtaking Cam, you know, and the other guy yeah. as well. So basically, I'm just really trying to find my place. And then so after that, man, you know, uh, well, you know, DC's on his drive. They throws the game when it passed to Greg Corky. And, and we're all jumping up because we're just shocked at the things that's taking place on this drive. And, and, and Greg Corky breaks the tackle, and then he runs in for the touchdown. And I yells out, Greg Corky's your MVP, baby. You know, and, yeah. and Greg is just losing his mind, like, like Cam said in that documentary. Mike is looking dumbfounded. Mike was looking dumbfounded. He was just shocked. He was like, I mean, his chin hit the floor. Uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it was so a I huge moment. With, yeah, yeah it, was, it was a huge moment because you, if, 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 if you was around at that time, you have to think about who was watching this game. There was a developer watching this game that was on staff for a video game that was in in that was being created which was joe montana was and the talks was coming out with a new football game then we got word well after that we got word that it was coming out the console and every, i mean not console it was coming out on mobile and everybody was pissed off that it was coming out on mobile not on console but yeah man uh, so this guy was watching. He was watching a few of the ge- of the uh, of the playoff games and some of the games during the season. I mean, he was in the chats on Twitch and chatting with everybody. You know, so so that was a big moment at that time. You know, I mean, what if this guy would have said, "Hey, Cameron, we would love for you to come and do our game." You know, it, 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 it probably would have been a huge success if they would have brought it to console instead of going to mobile. And I don't even think they even released the game you know they they showed some screenshots of it it was some some awesome looking screenshots should i say uh, but that was you know the first the first that the community saw of it. but after that man you know we bro hugged man and i hit the road heading back home and destro was on the phone with me the entire time home uh because he was like man i just want to make sure you get home <laughs> that was hilarious there but 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 listen to this nelson when i got home and 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 I said, okay, well, I have a team now uh, because it was announced at halftime during season five that you know the teams that were getting in. And yeah. I was like, wow, I got a team now. So I, I was like, I got to do something big, you know. So the teams before me so that that came into expansion, such as Santa Fe and DC, they did like short videos introducing their players. I did that as well. But at the end of my video, I had a um, I had a, a press conference, and 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 my 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 wife had some old boxes around the house around around the apartment we were living in at the time. So I had my my daughter. Well, actually, I got the I grabbed the boxes, stacked my maybe about three or four of them on top of each other. Bought like one of those little cheap you know uh, 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 party party tablecloths. 
from mm-hmm. like um, uh, uh, Dollar General or something like that, or Family Dollar. Got one guy, one of those little cheap tablecloths, wrapped it around those boxes, taped it up real good on the backside. And earlier that day, I had my daughter to draw, to draw the she's not in the logo with the team colors and stuff like that. Uh, so she drew it out, and at the time she made about eleven, twelve at the time. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> she's a really great artist, but um, and I, you know, taped that Joker right on the front, and I had me like a little, a little, a little podium, you know, and and I did a little press conference, and then uh, a, a weeks later, you know, uh, Frank is interviewing me. Well, you see me in, see me with a little backdrop. That was that same little, little cheap plastic. Tablecloth. Shut up, yeah. That was that was behind me. The reason I I had it like that because I was like I was in a corner, um, um, in my apartment, and and um, and that that corner which was right at the front door, that was like the brightest light in 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 the house. So I wanted to be in that spot, but I also wanted to have the the the, the hyena logo, you know, in the backdrop, you know. So that's what I did, right? You know, right there, whatever. But um, I didn't I didn't 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 have the the thought of probably going somewhere and buying me like a little backdrop, you know, or so. Yeah. Uh, and I, I didn't know crap about green screens or anything any of that stuff back then. Uh, so. <laughs> that's that's the that's the innovation of, of, of somebody from the from Houston, man. You know, you found a you found an innovative oh, way to, to handle a problem. <laughs> yeah, and you know, you, there is that ingenuity, and, and and it was so simple, right? But it, it is what inspired me to say, "Hey, I I want to do something like that." And um, yeah, because it was so it, it it was something so cool. Like I just never would have thought mm-hmm. somebody would take it so much pride in their team to have that type of press conference. So I always thought that was really cool. Um, yeah. And and had a chat with you, which you you know you sharing with me today on kind of how we how how that came to be, which is really cool. Yeah, man, it was it was, it was uh, that time and in moment. Like I said, the league was real small, and and, and getting in at that time uh, was 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 pretty big, you know. And then also, you know, my my inaugural season, we go to the championship game, and uh, and you know we lose to Queen City, and 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 here's here's the mess up I did. Uh, which made it, which I feel would cost us the game. So you only get, you only allowed 150 plays in your playbook as the max, right? Mm-hmm. I had over 200 and some plays in my playbook. Because um, <laughs> oh, wow. going into the, the going into the championship game, Cam said, "Okay, well, send me a new a new playbook," you know, uh, because he had to put the, the teams on a, on a different file together, or whatever. So I sent him there, like I said, over 200 some plays and. It, I, I think it really hurt us. Uh, but Queen City, speaking with, with, with Eric Barkley at the first convention, Eric was like, dude, my whole intention was to stay away from the right side of your defense, but target your left side because you had a bronze cornerback and a bronze street, a strong safety on that side of the field. On the, on the right side of the defense, I had a silver cornerback and a gold free safety. You know, so he was like, dude, I'm staying away from that. I'm targeting this side over here. <laughs> and that's yeah, exactly what yeah. his team did. That's exactly what his team did. His team targeted that left side of the defense, man, and and, and they had great success. I mean, we ended up losing the game by 11 points, but, man, they, they, they kicked our ass, you know. Um, <laughs> they kicked our butt that game. But 
but also to go back and for how I came up with the high heaters. Yeah. Uh, once again, once again, one day at work, I'm on my phone and I'm a big college football fan, and 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 somehow I come across uh, Willis McGahee uh, highlights at the University of Miami, which my t- my three colleges are. This is kind of crazy. Longhorns, Hurricanes, and somehow Notre Dame fits in there. I don't know how, but they do. Uh, <laughs> oh wow, wow! Yeah, you know what Notre Dame though? Notre Dame. I, I feel like in the nineties. Yeah, they were yeah, always. Yeah. I felt like such a a rough and tugged team. I don't know why, but yeah, I had cousins here and you know out here in Maryland and stuff who uh, was in DC and stuff wearing, uh, you know, Notre Dame that that little leprechaun thing, and I was just like, man, that's so cool. Yeah. You know, I don't know if it was that, but you know, yeah, there was something about mm-hmm. Notre Dame that that made people really look at them. Mm-hmm. So there's no issues with that, you know. Yeah, because because in the in the in the nineties. To be honest with you, I couldn't stand Notre Dame and I couldn't stand the Hurricanes. In the nineties, I liked the Horns, the Longhorns, and Florida State. And I had a little love for Florida, for Florida Gators. Actually, I, I used to live in Orlando, Florida, when I was a kid. Um, so I, I think that's why I'm kind of tied at the hip with a lot of Florida teams. Um, even when the Rockets played against the Orlando Magic, no one knows this, but you're, I'm, I'm, I'm exposing this on your show. 1995 NBA at school, at school, people call me Little Penny because they say that I look like Penny. I, I don't see it, but that's what they say. Uh, <laughs> but, but yeah, so I mean, I had I had the Penny Hardaway shoes back then, man. I was uh, in Orlando. I had Orlando Magic jacket. I ended up, um, I ended up having a, uh, I had a, a Notre Dame starter jacket. I think that's when I really started liking Notre Dame. My mom ended up getting me, or my dad ended up getting me a um, Notre Dame starter jacket. My mom bought me a Miami Hurricane starter jacket when I wanted a Rockets one. Uh, so, <laughs> but yeah, man. but that's that. So, so also going back to how I got the name Houston Hyena. I'm I'm on I'm at work, messing around, come across Willis McGahee. I like tape for the Miami Hurricanes, and then I end up start watching the 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 the, the, the championship game where that he tore his knee up versus uh, 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 Ohio State, right? So and I'm like, when the hell is Maurice Claret? So I just started, you know, doing some Google searches on him, and I was and and, and I saw Maurice Claret, and it was a United Football League. He was playing in some type of, you know, uh, spring football ball league or whatever. And so I said, okay, well let me look up this league. At the time, you know, All Pro is out. Um, uh, and so at that time, I was big on creating uniforms. You know, I can show you my. My, my my hard drive, you know, on my Xbox 360. Dude, I have so many uniforms; it is crazy. So I'm 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 on there, and I'm looking at the website. I'm like, oh man, I I'm I love these team colors, you know. And there was one team that caught my that caught my eye, and I want to say that team was called I want to say they were they called the Orlando Tuskers. 
I mean, I'm not mistaken, they were in this league, but Maurice Claret ended up playing. He was playing for the Omaha, I think Omaha Flight or something like that. Um, and so the Orlando Tuskers really stood out to me. They had this blue that was sort of that, that was similar to like that Orlando Magic blue, you know? Mm-hmm. And and they, 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 they had the blue helmet. They had a black face mask, and 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 the the uh, the warthog was was gray, gray and black or whatever. So if you ever see the the hyena's first logo, that logo is I mean the hyena is gray, and the and and, and uh, it has the black spots, and the out, outline of it is like that Orlando blue, you know. So so yeah. so I'm I'm in all pro, and I'm looking for something that's similar to this logo that only just shows the head because if you look at that Orlando Tuskers logo, it's, um, it just shows the head of it. And so uh, I was like, I gotta find something that's similar to this or whatever and, uh, you know, and, and, and go from there. Uh, so I ended up finding, uh, I ended up coming across the Houston Hyenas. And I was like, I mean, I, I ended up coming across the Hyenas in, in the game. And I was yeah. like, oh, hell yeah, I can use that. This is pretty similar to it, you know, and so um, so I'm gonna I'm 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 on Google right now, but I'm gonna send you this through Discord so that you can see it. <laughs> yeah, and you're like, oh shit, yeah. So uh, uh, copy image. All right, yeah. So I just I just pinged it to you in Discord. So you take a look at it. That. It, it looks similar to the to the. I mean, it just the just the uh. The, the, oh the, wow! The yeah. Counter, yeah. The counter yeah, look yeah. of it. I you see know? how it looks. Yeah. Yeah. So also here's another look of their of their helmet and so forth. I just think of that one. So I was like, so I created a uniform. And I started showing it off to my buddy. You know, in in the in the online leagues, I mean, they was like, "Yo, this is the best uniform I've ever seen, bro." Yeah. <laughs> it looks so, it looks so, great, and, and, like the, the colors and everything. It's really nice. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, so those were my team colors. They were gray, black, blue, and white. You know, my first couple of seasons, um, and so so that's how I came across with the Houston Hyenas, and and so when I when it came down time to come up with a team I was like because I thought about going with the Texas Riders but Cam told me he said no no SFL team will ever have the right to call to, to, to have the sole name of a state and I think he said that because at the same time the, the Dallas Law came in the same time we were coming in uh, yeah. and so forth I, I, uh, but uh, I'm still concerned about how, you know, Florida or the Florida Storm when there's another team in Florida as well, but hey, I ain't no snitch. Uh. <laughs> you know what? I, I had not noticed that. You know, that is a good point. You know, most of the teams yeah. come from certain cities, and that's the only one that is the actual state. You're right. Never noticed it until yeah. you, you said it now. So. <laughs> but you know, but yeah. It, so that, yeah. No, oh, I was no, gonna I was say, gonna say man, that's not, uh, no, so, yeah, no, no, no. I was, I was gonna say that you know, again, it's so crazy because I can see this picture. You know, the folks that are listening can't, but just, just mm-hmm. how that inspired to getting to the hyenas is very interesting, and, and it's kind of yeah. night and day because this is not where the end product is at now. 
So to see it where it could have been at it, it, it it's it's funny to me because I don't think I would really associate that with Houston because of always right. seeing it with Orlando and places of that right. sort. So very interesting. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry though. Yeah, you know, like like I said when I was I, when I was at Mike St. Green's house and Mike was like, why you didn't go with anything you know aerodynamic? You know, um, you know, will you be interested in changing the name to something, you know, aerodynamic because everything here in Houston of, of the teams is basically sold to the state, you know. We have the Astros, you know, we have this, you know, NASA space station here. We have, uh, you know, then we have the Houston Arrows, which is a hockey, hockey team. I don't even think the Arrows are still around anymore, but they were around. Um, and, and, and the arrows were they like a, a fighter jet or whatever because uh, we have the uh, the uh, Houston has I want to say one of the largest military bases in the in, in the country not the largest but one of the largest military base which is uh, 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 um, airports so I say when the president come in the president comes in in Ellington Field which is yeah. by, by Mike St. Green's house you got to have some money to live out there um, <laughs> there we go, dropping news Michael right Michael. there. You know, Mike St. Green got I, money. I, I, <laughs> I always mess with Mike about that, but no, no, no. You don't have to, you don't have to be so, you know, extremely <laughs> rich if you live out there, but no. But Ellington Field is a large field, and that's anytime any president comes into Houston, that's where they're landing at, at, at that location there. Um, so they do a lot of air shows out there, whatever. Like once again, aerodynamic, right? You know, we have the rockets here and so forth. So I can see why Mike was saying, "Well, how come you didn't go with anything aerodynamic?" And I was like, yeah, yeah, "I don't know." And like I said, I've had thoughts of changing the name, but I keep thinking about the history of the team. We've been along so we've been around so long, you know. And I and I keep and I and anytime I think about it, I'm like, will this hurt the organization? You know, if it's going to hurt the organization, I don't want to do it. You know, um, yeah. because I, I'm, I'm a little, I'm a fan of of of, of, um, of large cats, um, such as not the lions, um, but I love tigers, I love leopards, and I love cheetahs. Uh, yeah, I think lions are bullies. Um, so. <laughs> <laughs> But but uh but I'm a but, I'm a Leo like, actually so the connection with lions <laughs> to me is 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 unreal you oh, know yeah, just just being yeah, a Leo I can, and I can then totally understand that. <laughs> so to me I can tell you totally different that. you know but you know it's, it's big cats you know I always love big cats though regardless right it's yeah. kind of always mm-hmm. been fascinating on on the these type of predators who are apex yeah. in 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 our world right yeah. they're very apex predators mm-hmm. and. So, yeah. you know, a Bengal tiger being 500 pounds or whatever it is, right, coming at you at point whatever mind. speed, yeah. it's something you respect. And, and, you're, and I will tell you before, you know, my dad is the reason why I was a Washington football team fan. But when I originally got okay. into football, I actually looked at Jacksonville Jaguars. And it was because of oh, wow. yeah. the, the big cat. So yeah. I, yeah, I feel absolutely. you on that. I definitely do. And and due to we can't have team names of the of the SFL. See, I thought about going with the Leopards logo that's inside the game, and I was like, Houston Leopards that just don't sound right, you know. Yeah. And then you know, trust me, man, I played with that logo 
um, so many times I have uh, several uniform combinations for and I was just like uh, like I said I'm a fan of big cats I would love to go with that one but it just it's something about it it just doesn't look right on the helmet to me you know uh, so I was like uh, no, I don't I don't think I can go with it uh, it, it just it just it, it, it just doesn't look right um, anything aerodynamic um, I don't know I mean there's already you know you got San Diego that has you know the the, the, the Mavericks they have the, the, the plane logo already uh, so I don't think I would do anything in reference to that but Houston Hyenas it just has a ring to it and and, 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 I, and I actually I love it although our our logo that was created by Matt Doyle it looks like a a, a jaguar or a leopard to me. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can see why you say that, right? I think if you look real, at a quick glance, uh, especially yeah, the logo that eye. doesn't say got, anything about Houston. Yeah, the one that doesn't doesn't say nothing to Houston. If you just had the pure logo of it, yeah, it could look like a, yeah. a big cat instead of it being like a hyena. So yeah, I can see where you're coming from on that. I never thought of it though because <laughs> I knew it was always Houston hyena, so never really crossed my mind. But you're right, it, it, yeah. it kind of does. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, man. But uh, but that that's, that's how you know we came about with, with the logo. Like and like I said, I've had several thoughts about changing it, but. I don't. I don't think I would ever change it because when I when I go and look at that hyena man and it just it just says something to me. It's like it, it's like you better not ever get rid of me. I'm gonna hunt you down, you know. And I mean, yeah. it, and it, it's crazy, Nelson, because having this logo, it actually brought me closer to understanding the culture of the hyenas. Hyenas mm-hmm. are are not even dogs. You know, they're not even yeah. labeled in the dog family. They're labeled as a cat species or, or a species that's similar to cats, but they're their own different species. You know, it's mm-hmm. weird. And they're not led by males. They're led by a female hyena, um, which mm-hmm. I got flat from once I spread that news uh, some years back. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure people didn't know. But you know what? If If people do take notice... Who was the mm-hmm. the main hyena in Lion King? It was Whoopi Goldberg's character, exactly. right? She was the one that really ran the pack versus the other two. Mm-hmm. So, as you can see, yeah. they did their research. So that that should be part of your argument next time somebody says otherwise. Yeah, you're right. I mean, they're they're labeled as as the monarch is what they call yeah. them, uh, you know, in, in the animal world uh, or so forth. So, so yeah, man. <laughs> That's very interesting. And then, you know, the color scheme too. So getting from from the original plan to getting it to burgundy, uh, there's some gold, there's some black, right? Like how did you end up deciding on that color scheme? Was it because of the hyena, see, trying to work the hyena's actual colors in there? Or how did that come to be? That, 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 that was part of it, yes. And then also at the time, the Houston... Astros was those that was part of their color scheme. You know, they had like the the maroonish red um, mm-hmm. um, color um, uh, jerseys with the uh, the gold star. You know, with the black outline and so forth on it. So that's 
geared me towards that as well. So um, the 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 Astros color is not like in, in that color wasn't really. It's not like a burgundy. It's um, I don't want to say cardinal. It's not a pure red. It's more of like um, let me see who has it. I was I was thinking about. It. I had it. I was talking about it earlier today, um, and it's just not on my mind right now. It just <clears throat> I can't remember who has that color but but yeah it, it's not a pure red and it's not that dark red like if you go into sector six and you look at our jersey yeah it's 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 similar to like the washington redskins color and that's not what the color is supposed to be because the yeah. reason that is is because when 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 you pull the color in photoshop or even in gimp it gives you that dark maroon looking color um Although when you're looking at the game, you know, on your television or even on your monitor, so it's 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 a lighter color, you know. So yeah. Um, so yeah, so it's it's not supposed to be that dark red. I would say more like an Iowa State red. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, okay. yeah. I mean, but but if you can remember the Astros, you know, um, you know, during the early 2000s and so forth, and, and middle 2000s. Uh, 2010s when they had that before they went to the to the original orange and blue uh, that mm. that was the color scheme that that, that that I was you know reaching back to for that red and then that red sim- symbolizes as 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 blood you know when they're attacking you know their prey you know and and that's what I want you know anytime somebody oh we're on the field we're hunting we're hunting for blood you know that's what it, that's what it was <laughs> I, I understand that and you know that's what it, it's really hear the backstories around how we get to the product that you see on the field right because we're not we're not there in the creative process we're just there once the creative process is is finished and when you get these stories on how this came to be i mean i'm seeing it i'm going to share it you know with 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 folks to see what that was you know where it started from that's what's so cool about this process because we weren't there and just like hearing Mm -hmm. jacob's original process with the fleet uh and how even the colors you see now were not the original colors to begin with it's so cool to hear it because we 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 now are yeah. almost in the room with you when you make these decisions <laughs> now now yeah what's a day in the life for you look like so as an owner in this league now and you've been an owner now for a very long time uh what's the day in the look for you specifically oh man it, it, it it's crazy nelson because things have changed you know so much First coming into the league, you know, you really didn't have that many user players on your team. Um, I want to say, man, my first season, how many user players did we have? Let me see, myself, Aaron Arrington, Kanye Rockefeller, um, DJ Majesty. I think I only had like four. I think that was it. Those were the only user players I had on my team with four, you know. With TJ brought in the, the the ideal of having music players, you know, a lot of us had created players, uh, you know, they either people we knew, or you know, there was you know, you know, somebody we worked with, or someone we went to junior high. I even had guys on my team I went to junior high school with, you know, named as my team. Like uh, my quarterback in season six was uh, Courtney Coleman. That's a guy I went to junior high school with. We played football together. He was a quarterback. I played free safety and, and, and wide receiver, you know, uh, and I was the backup quarterback. So, <laughs> uh, 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 but, but yeah, so like I said, back then we didn't have that many, we didn't have that much to worry about in reference to players and stuff. like. So now, 
my day consists of I try to be the first one in the locker room to say good morning, but now Sonny J and or either uh, Dave Burton beats me to it. Uh, Burley is on the East Coast, so I, actually both of those guys live on the East Coast. Uh, so, well, Sunday J lives up in Ohio. Uh, so, both of they beat me to, to it now, you know. Uh, <laughs> so, you, I feel that I feel that greeting your team each and every morning, or even saying something, is a positive, you know. And and, and one thing about me, Nelson, is I try to live my life in, in, in such of a positive way as much as I can. Um, because you never know the day that the opposite person is happening. I feel that okay. if I could smile at someone, say hello, crack a joke, you know, will brighten someone's day up. Man, it's, 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 it's awesome. Because I've been there with that. I was down on days and someone just said, hey, how you doing today, sir? You know, and, you know, that would make my day. Or someone say, hey, I like your shoes you have on. Or, hey, you know, that's a nice tie. Not bad. Where do you get it from? Oh, I got it from here. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna have to go ask my wife about getting me one. You know, and stuff like that. You know, you just you just never know what can brighten someone's day, and, and that's just the path that that I'm on. You know, is is being as positive as I can, being as motivated as I can. You know, to my team and so forth. Although, you know, we all hate losing. You know, but somebody has to lose. You know, when it comes to these uh-huh. ball games in the SFL, <clears throat> and uh, some people take losing. A little harder than others you know I don't take losing as hard as most owners do it's not that I accept losing it's just that I'm not gonna let that loss define my character you know what I'm saying uh, yeah so it, it, although when I lose I still greet my team and let them know hey this happened here this happened here I'm basically breaking down the ball game to them you know what I'm saying yeah, I'm ticked off, you know. I even present videos, you know, to my team, you know, just breaking down the game and just going over what happened and, and, and you know, letting them know, hey, I was pissed off about this. And one thing I never do is I point out a player and say, we lost because of you threw too many picks or the running back didn't make this move to break this tackle, whatever. We can't do that to people because those individuals are not on the field, you know. It's an avatar. You know, it's, it's, it's the artificial intelligence that has complete control of what's happening, you know. So, um, <clears throat> you know, I basically have a, a, a positive, you know, aspect when it comes to presenting, you know, what happened on the field and, you know, when we lost and so forth. You know, some people like to bang, bang on the table, bang, you know, and stuff like that. That's, that's, that's not me, you know. So, and I think that's why guys love being on my team because of the way how I present things and go about <clears throat> uh, handling the certain situations within the locker room. You know what I mean? I've had Kentez Johnson on my team since he came in in season 11. Um, and, you know, he stepped away for, you know, personal reasons and so forth uh, this season. Warren <clears throat> uh, Mary. Warren Mary has been on my team since season 10. You know? So we're going into season 17. That's seven seasons he's going to be with this organization. Yeah. Gotcha. And so, yeah. you know, so, so, you know, and, and uh, you know, I've had Leroy Brown around for maybe about four seasons or so, you know. So uh, Ethan Kai has been with me for maybe, well, I think he's going on his third season. So is Brady Clark. 
um, has been there for a while. Uh, great, like I said, Greg Corky just came back the last season after taking off maybe, what, three, four seasons he's been out of the league? Maybe five or so. Yeah, that was but a huge signing that I think people didn't <laughs> expect, too, when when you made that signing. A lot of people were like, who's mm-hmm. that? But you needed to see that he was a, a, a veteran player who who played back yeah. then. So, yeah, no, that was that was quite a surprising signing there. Yeah, well, see, Greg and I, we're, we're real close friends. You know what I'm saying? And, 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 you know, we talk not as much as we used to. I mean, we're starting to get back on track as far as talking. We talk a lot during the season. Even, like, when he wasn't in the league anymore, we would talk a lot during the season. Um, he was like a consultant to, you know, for me. Um, he would say, hey, man, and, you know, I, I watched the game, and, you know, this one you guys messed up at here or whatever there. He didn't give me – he didn't tell me anything as far as what I should do. He was just basically giving me criticism. See, one thing about me is that I take criticism with the positive. You know what I'm saying? And that's the way how it should be. But somehow, I don't know who came up with the term negative criticism. That was the worst thing to ever do. Because when you're criticizing someone, you're criticizing them on something that they need to correct. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's 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 to help them further along. But the the term negative criticism, oh man, that's just that that hurts a lot of things. But yeah, so so you know, Greg is a real good friend of mine, and, and Greg, when he wasn't with the league, he's like, man, I just want to see you guys win, man. You know? And even now, yeah. he's the he. I told him, uh, 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 he's a third wide receiver. You know, he doesn't want to be number one or number two. He just wants to see the team win in the better. You know? <clears throat> yeah. Now, kind of talking about your your roster, because I know you wanted to talk about how you built your roster, right? And this season, I heard a little bit about how everything kind of be, right? How did you end up needing so many spots this season, right? With a mix of retirements um, and then some change of plans in last minute, right? Because you initially went in with one plan, and if I'm not mistaken, the, the, the pieces that you were hoping to come through did not come through the way they were supposed to. Or how it was initially planned. So, um, how did you end up building this roster? So, going into getting your kicker in, you know, in the in the first round, right? And 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 kind of going from mm-hmm. there. Like, how did you end up making the roster that you have now? Because you 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 lost some people the season prior to, and I felt like you made up with some really good rookies, right? Like these rookies came off. Yeah. Uh, they, uh, straight from the mm-hmm. SFL M to the SFL and did amazing in, in regular law, right? And you can't take away from the right. other side neither. That was held down by uh, I think it was Marco Swift, if I if I remember correctly. Um, mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, how did you you know again build that roster out to to make sure that you had a competitive product out there this season? That's a great question, Nelson. And and as you said, it was something that I did want to discuss and talk about. We we was like I said we was two weeks out, you know, before the deadline of of free agency period locked, you know, been on the lock. At this time, you know, Kentez comes to us and say, "Hey, I have to I have to bounce. I won't be able to stay around." Um, because he he did inform us, you know, that he was coming back, and we did inform uh, E.T. King that Kentez was coming back, and so forth. Uh, so. When Kintez dropped that bomb on us, he was like, okay, we got to find a quarterback. Okay, well, has E.T. signed with anyone? No, he hasn't, but he's been in talks with other people. Well, let's try to get back, get him back in, you know. So <laughs> we try to talk back with him, get him back in. He's like, okay, I'm on board to come back or whatever. So uh, 
he's about to sign his contract. And then we realized, and I look, I said, oh man, you need to redo your subscription. He's like, oh, okay, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna I'm take care of it. So I was like, okay, cool. So I'm, you know, hitting refresh, you know, in, in, the, in the portal and trying to see if he, you know, signed the contract, nothing, nothing, nothing. And, you know, days are going by, haven't heard anything from him and so forth. You know, same thing with AJ Bourne. And, and these are two key players that we really needed to come back, you know, uh, <clears throat> because we had decided to, to you know, we knew Brady, Brady Clark was coming back, who we lost due to, you know, the incident with the invalid contract. Uh, so Ethan Kai last season was our strong safety, and A.J. Bones was we moved to free safety, who was originally a strong safety, you know, uh, when he was with Chicago. So due to Brady Clark coming back, we was moving A.J. over to strong safety, moving Ethan Kai down to the slot. Um, and we already, we are, and then we end up, because we end up finding a placement for, Ragal Law, which was going to be Jesse Vick. <clears throat> Marco Swift was going to move over to number one corner. Vick was moving over to number two. Like I said, Ethan in the slot. So we had the game plan mapped out. We was like, okay, going into the draft, we only need three spots to draft. Kicker was already our number one priority in the first round because there was only four kickers available. We was like, we're not missing out on the kicker this season, you know. Um, after seeing London take the only one in the first round last season, which was smart on their end, yeah. By 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 taking by taking, I mean, if it, it's only one, if you need one, take what you need, you know. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, I mean, and that's something that you can learn from even watching the NFL draft. You know, most people try to go for the sexy picks, Dallas Cowboys, instead of getting what they need, <laughs> a strong safety. Uh, mm-hmm. so, <laughs> so yeah, so, so yeah, so that that, that so. so so, like I said, going into the draft, we were only needing three spots to address. We had a defensive tackle who had a who had a great build, you know. And I understand that Zach Turner had some issues with London, but when mm-hmm. Zach came over to Houston, we didn't have those same issues with Zach, you know. Yeah. I told Zach, I said, whatever happened between you and London, I don't want to know about it, you know. Yeah. Um, that's that's your past, that's your business. Um, I was just shocked to see him to see him on the free agency list, you know, heading into season sixteen. I was shocked. And and so we made the move on him. He was in talks, was signing with, with Tosa, um, but he decided to come on over with us, you know. Um so uh got him in, but he ended up could couldn't couldn't pay his subscription, so he was out. And I just say this this is the day of the, the, the the final day of free agency. He couldn't get his subscription in, so he was out. Um, our defensive end, Wolf Justice, couldn't get it. He hasn't answered any messages since the since the start of free agency, you know. Um, he did inform us that he was coming back. He posted in the team channel before, you know how the league removes everyone who haven't re-signed, you know. Yeah. During the re-signing period, so when free agency mm-hmm. period opens, they 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 take everybody out who haven't signed with the team. So he ended up. So the day of free, the opening day of free agency, he posted there. He's like, "Hey, I need help with 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 the porter. I need help with logging in." So I messaged him, "Hey, if you need help, let me know. I can I can walk you through it." He didn't. Yeah. I, I guess he got upset and left. I don't know. Um, I asked DPP, did he leave the the uh the, the server he said no he didn't leave the server i sent this guy's man made about 10 messages 
did not <clears throat> he didn't he didn't he didn't respond to any of them. So, you know, those guys not paying getting those subscriptions paid for whatever you know, whatever reason, that's 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 their business, not mine. And that left the gap for us to bring in guys that was that 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 were great players from the draft. Now, take a look at this here. The players that I've mentioned, E. T. AJ, Zach Turner, uh, Wolf Justice, or Justice Wolf, whatever his name is. Uh, who else? There's two more. Uh, anywho, the ones that decided not to sign, get uh, do their subscription, those guys were not communicating. They, they, they didn't talk in the team locker room. I can care less yeah. if you don't talk in general chat, but the team locker room, at least say something in there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, those guys, those guys didn't say anything in the team locker room. You know, so our draft picks, um, as as Chad Rowland stated, you know, he felt that Houston won the draft. I feel the same way because we got guys, man, that are supportive of the team, who wants to be with the team, and that was our our plan going into the draft. We wanted to make sure that people wanted to be on this team. You know, <clears throat> mm-hmm. and 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 we feel that that's what we got. You know, um, we reached out to, to players. Some players responded to us. Some players didn't. Some players we had multiple conversations with. Some of them we didn't. You know, because we mm-hmm. did, we looked hard at the characteristics of these individuals that was coming up uh, 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 from the SFLM. <clears throat> and um, and and so we like I said, we look at the characteristics, and I had. Two people that's down there in the SFLM, you know, which was Ethan Kai and and uh, 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 Shan Varner, you know, those guys are relying. I mean, re, re, replying, sorry, messages to me. Hey, this guy is active. This guy is good. This guy is a you know team player. This guy has a high morale. You know, so that's how we build our draft board. You know, so yes, and and as I on Dave Axel show, I feel that every team should have their nose down in the SFLM. Yeah, I think I I, I want to echo that, right? Because I feel that we so there's a miscommunication on two sides, right? The folks in the SFLM, mm-hmm. I feel, think a lot of people don't respect them in the SFL, and I I kind of want to advocate mm-hmm. for both sides. One, the mm-hmm. SFL has access to the SFLM. They don't see how you mm-hmm. how you how you are in your own gen chat because they have their own gen chat, right? They don't see you in the locker room because mm-hmm. that's the locker room thing. Yeah. So honestly, all they see is what they see on 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 the field, right? What shows on on mm-hmm. you know Twitch and 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 whatnot. So I feel like you can't expect the SFL to care as much as the FLM if they can't get involved the same way as they could in, in Gen Chat or whatever the case may be. So I kind of I mm-hmm. you know. I, I agree with you on that. Like so we need to have more representation from the major teams. In to be able to have mm-hmm. an easier segue into talent or, or, or speaking to future talent, right? So I, I do yeah. agree with you there. Um, I think every team should have it because then you get a good understanding and you see what they're learning at the same time, you know, with mm-hmm. them coming into your organization. So I, I, I feel that. Yeah, and you know, you know, my guys love it. You know, Ethan Kai, I mean, he, he loves being down there with the Albuquerque Adams, you know. Um, and and I mean he he gets a blast for you. Shan went down there, and you know because he 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 was bringing a player into the league, 
and you know they asked him for some help. He did a scouting report. They loved the report that he that that he brought back to them. And then they end up asking Shan, would he become a defensive coordinator? You know, and Shan was like, man, I don't know much about the defense, but, you know, I'll see what I can do. And he ended up <laughs> helping the team win some games, you know, by putting the defensive yeah. game plan together. So, so you know, and, and, you know, he also decided to, you know, return his player to the SFL. And he didn't want to come up this season because he felt that he could, you know, progress his player, you know, a, a lot better there than he would have been in the, in, in the SFL. And, yeah. and and I was okay with that, you know. I I was, you know, I told him, you know, I'm 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 cool with that, you know. That's yeah. that's your player. You have the right to do whatever you want to do with them, you know. I, I I can't tell you what to do with your guy, but uh, yeah, but, exactly. but but he 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 informed me. He was like, man, he said to be honest with you, dude. He said I had a really great time down there in the SFL now. Uh, he said because I was able to meet a lot of the new guys. I was able to help some of those guys and teach, you know, uh, 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 some things that 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 that, that I know and, and 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 be a help, you know, to the team and so forth. So, yeah, you know, those two guys, like I said, they really in, in, enjoyed it down there. Um, Ethan Kyle, I don't think he's ever going to leave the Albuquerque Adams. Uh, he's he's attached to that team <laughs> to about a <the> hip. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, hey. Um, it, it's it's really awesome to see how how it kind of everything came together and how you have some of these connections. You know, shout out Ethan Kai, um, you know, and 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 uh, and Shan also. You know, he's doing. Um, you know, I think it, it's it's some great stuff. Now, do you feel like any of those picks specifically, right, it, it were con- like kind of con- controversial, right? Like out of all your picks, right, you got a kicker in the first, which we don't understand. I don't feel like. It was too much flack as it was when Otis got picked. When Otis got picked, I mean, he was crucified. I ain't even going to lie on that. Uh, I'm not even going to lie myself, right? I was like, yo, who would get a kicker, right? Like, y'all tripping. But now mm-hmm. I feel like we have a better understanding of it because we can see the importance of a kicker. Uh, example being Kramer Jackman yeah. hitting the game-winning field goal, right? And you knew mm-hmm. Kramer Jackman had range. So once you knew it was in range, it was it was automatic. So, yeah. Knowing that value we, of that, we, and, we lost. Yeah. We, I mean, we, we, our generic kicker last season where it was missing field goals, you know, inside the twenty. You know, yeah. so I was like, I'm getting a kick in the first round. <laughs> yeah, which is understandable, right? Because a, a pull on yeah. kickers ended up happening early. I felt where, mm-hmm. you know, there was you know, party party. Uh, there was. Uh, I think it was Dave Monroe or Monroe, whatever that that kicker mm-hmm. name was. So I yeah. felt like, again, there was a run on kickers and not enough kickers for the teams that need kickers. So uh, somebody was going to be the odd yeah. man out in that situation. So it, it doesn't make sense when you start looking at it. But I won't lie and say, mm-hmm. hey, that a lot of that remember the crucif, you know, how he was crucified in that moment. Um, mm-hmm. But no, I, I think, it, but. I know a lot of folks maybe scratched their head about burn, and you have shared before mm-hmm. about how you know it's it, you're 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 not it's not solely just the investment in the player, but it's investing in the person who's going to support the team. And um, mm-hmm. you know, I can I can definitely echo echo that sentiment with Bird that I felt that whoever, whoever would have drafted him, he was going to embody your organization. 
So he was going to be yeah. your your face, similar not not in the same not in the same personality, but in the capacity of a Johnny Pickler. When team, uh, he embodies that team, right? So St. Louis mm-hmm. embodies St. Louis. Uh, Louisiana, yeah. he embodied Louisiana, and with the most recent signing of, you know, uh, uh, him going to London to changing the name to Johnny UK, that is Johnny 2K. Mm-hmm. Again, right, <laughs> embodies the team. So I feel like Dave Burr, by you drafting him, it was more of a hey, not just what the player can do on the field, but it's it's more of the I know the guy will definitely. 100% be a hyena and represent that and be that face of the hyenas similar to like how Pickler is for, for London at this moment. So, Yeah, yeah, you, you, you hit that right, right, right on the on the nail, Nelson. Um, you, as you say that Johnny came in, Johnny 2K, now he's Johnny UK. One thing about Johnny Pickler, the guy know how to market himself. I can tell you yeah. that much. Um, as, as Dave stated on his show, uh, I think it was the last show where that uh, uh, he said, no, 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 I take it back. It was on Ashley's show. And he talked about how he and Johnny are, 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 are such great friends. Um, or so he said, the guy, the, the the real person is a stand-up guy, you know. And yeah. a lot of us don't know Johnny on that level, you know. And if you don't know someone on that level and all you see is their persona, of their avatar, you know, uh, uh, just just his persona of what he's displayed. You, you you come off and you think, oh man, that guy's arrogant, you know. Well, how yeah. can you say something like that? You know, it, he kind of shook up the league, to be honest with you, because and before Johnny came in, a lot of people didn't talk a lot of smack, you know. Um, you, you, had a, you had a few small smack talks, you know. Um, I remember Quintez Johnson and, and Marcus Dunhill. They used to go at it uh, a lot. Uh, but uh, but other than that, me personally, I don't I don't I don't do any smack talking because I have no control of it. You know, yeah. uh, I, I don't I don't go out and say, well, I'm going to do this, and then my team doesn't do it on game day. Yeah. You know, now get me on yeah. a basketball court. Now get me on a basketball court, now Then we can talk. I'm a trash talk you all day long. You know, uh, because I, I I know what I can do. You know. Yeah, and, you have and, control of the situation. Arena. Yeah. Yeah, I, I have control of the situation. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, it's different. So, so, it's different. Yeah. So, I understand that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like I say, Johnny know how to market himself, and and you got to give the guy credit for that. You know, but going back to your question, that's what we wanted in Houston. We wanted someone that that wanted to be here, and Dave Burr displayed that he wanted to be here. Um, as I stated, I've spoken with several of the rookie of the, of the quarterbacks that were down there, and I just didn't get that feel that those guys was going to be here for the long haul. You know, um, Burr had displayed, man, for some odd reason, this is where I want. This is this. Houston's where I wanted to be. Um, he stated that he has a has a friend that lives here in Houston. This is where the convention is going to be. He's like, man, everything was just lining up for me. He said, you know, your, your your quarterback didn't come back, and then the other quarterback didn't come back. He's like, man, it's destined for me to be there, you know. So, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I mean, the guy just really put he just really put it out there that you know he really wanted to be a part of this organization, and that's what that's what we were looking for, you know. As I stated, the two previous quarterbacks we had wasn't as talkative 
in the team locker room. And if you're going to be at the helm of the team and that position, you have to be the leader in the locker room. You know, we just can't have people. I'm just speaking of my team. I, we just can't have people in that spot and not be active in the locker room, you know, or even have a down face when your team lose. Dude, I was giving feedback. I was I received I was receiving feedback um, uh, about Dave Bird. Anytime the team lost, Dave Bird was pumping his team up. Hey guys, we're gonna be all right. We're gonna bounce back. Whoop the whoop. We're gonna get things right back on track. You know, that's the kind of guy you want in your locker room. You know, not like I stated earlier. Not that we accept the loss, but we embrace it and we keep, you know, so being we keep supporting the team. So hey guys, let's continue this fight. You know, even like last season when we went on that 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 three four game losing streak at the end of the season, we was like, why are we losing to the, the teams that we're losing to? You know, we're a lot better team than this and so forth. You know, but the only people were saying that was myself, Ethan Kyle, and a few others. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. What was our quarterback? You know, I mean, this this is no 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 shade thrown at at, at Et King, but he just wasn't there. You know. Uh, Kentez Johnson, his earlier seasons with the team, he was just as active and supportive, you know, as 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 you would want your quarterback to be. But once he started college, you know, he kind of like you know uh, stood back a little bit on that. But but yeah, man, um, we had a great draft. I I, I feel great about this draft. Uh, I feel that this team is going to build around those draft picks, man, and I think we're going to be a force to be reckoned with with seasons to come. Um, Yes, true enough. The team does have some building to do with the individuals that we selected in the draft, uh, especially our defensive line. You know, uh, those guys are going to only can go go one direction. That's up to get better. Um, yeah. uh, the linebacker core is still strong with with Brody Goch and, and and the other guy Alex Perez. Uh, so I think we got a we got a great group, man. I, that was all that we wanted out of the, out of out of the draft was to get great guys that's going to be active. Yeah, well, I think you definitely accomplished that, and I think again, understanding how you got to this, where you're at now, this new Houston era, I've seen all over on uh, your social media and stuff of that sort. It's very exciting to see what's happening in Houston and and uh, what you're going to be accomplished this uh, season. Now, uh, any last thoughts, Damon? Before I before I let you enjoy the rest of your Friday, uh, any last thoughts you want to share uh, before we uh, let you go this evening? Uh, the only yeah yeah man, the only thoughts I have <laughs> is can you ask Jacob one favor for me or if Jacob is even listening Jacob can you change your team colors from orange and blue because those are my favorite colors and my <laughs> Astros are wearing those colors now so they uh, uh Jacob can I please have the orange white and blue color thank you so much <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if he'll let that go uh, but I'm pretty sure he'd be listening probably hit me up and be like what <laughs> he didn't he wouldn't have known that right but I'm not you know yeah. I, I think again I wish you the best this season we see each other week one um, but it'll be a pleasure having you there. We will have. I think we need to have you on again because there was a bunch of questions more we we didn't get a chance to ask. But um, you know, yeah. I'll be happy to have you on the show again, and maybe we even grow some more and, and learn some more. So I appreciate it again, Demond. You have a good night. Oh, man, same to you, man. No problem at all. And my apologies to the to the next guest. I've talked over <laughs> an hour and a half. Uh, <laughs> it's it's it was, all I good. Think it was <laughs> 
I think it was Nelson Houston <laughs> connection that that messed yeah. up the first part of the interview. No, but it's, it's all good. good. Uh, you know, I, I, I show my respect though. You know, I show my respect to, to Houston and, and I show you that you know I've actually been there and, and I enjoy every minute of it. But again, thank you again, and uh, we'll talk again tomorrow. I promise. All right. All right, man. Houston H Town, what it do? That's our slogan. What it do? <laughs> I appreciate Demond again uh, sharing the the Houston culture and the Houston spirit. Um, really near and dear to my home, to to my heart, right? And uh, just the people of Houston and everything about the city, man, amazing. If you're getting to go down there for the convention, I'm very envious because it's a beautiful place to visit. So without further ado, I want to go ahead and introduce our next guest, the patient owner of the Tulsa Desperados, Dion Hawkins. Dion, how you doing? I'm good, bro. I'm chilling. I'm good. <laughs> yeah, you know, you were telling me, hey, look, I'm, I'm enjoying the evening this evening, and you weren't tripping at all. Now, you have been making your, your rounds today, um, so I don't know what sun might have aligned where the stars are at in Gemini or wherever, but we are lucky enough to have you on two shows tonight. So I appreciate you making this stop. And uh, you kind of set that trend last week or what was it, two weeks ago when you called the show. So I think that that's really cool. And, you know, it was an interesting show, man. You set it off. All right. I think uh, the show got a little fiery, got a little spicy. Um, yeah, that's happy when I grace the airway. You never know what's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I look, it, it is it is great to kind of clear the airways, right? Because things can get a little mucky. And and I, and I mentioned in the beginning of the show that I do agree with what you what your thought process was about. Um, you know, I shared that on air tonight that I'm in I'm in the camp of I think there's a, there's a line of respect. Like I don't go to somebody else's team and talk to their players, you know, and try to poach talent that talent you know wasn't on the table. You know what I'm saying? Right. We're presented this list of free agency, and that's who I'm expected to talk to. Right now, right. once. Resigning happens and the resigning doesn't happen and that player says, Hey, I'm done, cool. Then then maybe we go slide and see if we talk to them as well. Right? And and I was pretty shocked too to know how the people that had talked to my players this off season that made me kind of be like, Okay, you know, it took me a step back and I'm being honest, right? Because 'Cause I'm a very first me back at first and was like, Man, you know, that's disrespectful. But then at the same time, too, I had to have some humility and say, but I got to understand why they did it. And then I also have to look at it as um, something positive in a sense or take it as a positive of thinking of, man, I have drafted because most of my players have been drafted. Right. I have drafted players yeah. that now other teams want. So I'm doing something right. Yeah. So. I, I ain't going to lie when, uh, you know, I, I felt you on that and I, and, I, and I felt like, you know, I wish I had the opportunity to say that on Eddie's show with you and say, hey, man, I kind of advocate that, right? Like, folks are hitting up your players as soon as the first game starts, right? You, you know, even right. the, the, they're hitting up your player right when the transaction wire went through. They're like, you sure you want to go? You know what I'm saying? Like, is is that real sometimes? But 
you know, to each his own. I, I'm not that type of I think I always try to keep respect. Um, yeah, I understand that sometimes just asking and, you know, just trying to put your feelers out there. But there's a difference of trying to put your feelers out there and trying to take somebody. There's a difference, right? I, I've done it where I was like, hey, what are you plans? Hey, if you tell me, hey, my plans is to go back to X, Y team, by all means, hey, by all respects, just wanted to reach out to you, see what your plans were. And keep it moving But I seen some yes. joints that, that said a little bit opposite And it was kind of like A little bit of a jab You know on, on, on Towards what we were we were creating here in Portland right. Trying to make them look better In that situation That's I, I don't always rock with Right because I think everybody in this league Puts in work They do things right. to really um, uh, uh, Put as competitive Of a product on the field Right, so you <laughs> you you kind of take a shot to that team. I've never been that type of person to put somebody down to make myself look better. Uh, I think exactly. the way to really make yourself look better is, is to just example. If you feel me, like I, people gonna respect us and respect what we do because I I I live it, breathe it, and believe in it. So I don't have to. You know, change up who I am, or, or whatever the case would be, because people know what I stand for. So, I, I felt you on that on that conversation today, man, and it was it was really great, and and I think it was it was really big of you and Eddie to really get that Ashley situation out. Everybody's wondering, right? Everybody's asking. That was a big move. That was a huge move. Um, yeah. So so on both sides, right? Because you took a chance as well. And, you know, I want to get into other things as well. I, what's going to happen, and I want to share with, with listeners before we keep it going, this, because we don't have much time on the live airways, um, we have about ni- 19 more minutes before this changes into two podcasts. So the podcast will be taken offline. If you want to keep on hearing the conversation with Dion, please call in. Uh, the phone number is 515-605-9847. You got 18 minutes, right? You can keep on listening to the link if you want to continue hearing it. I urge you just to call in um, and you can continue hearing it through your phone uh, live on air with us as it goes into the podcast version. But anyways. Um, you, definitely want to, you definitely want to hear what I got to say, so call in. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, you, so you, Dion, had did something I feel like at that time was very big. You, you saw AJ's potential as a rookie when she was in the rookie showcase. And she was in the rookie showcase as a wide receiver. And you right. were the reason you reached out to her and said, Hey, do you want do you mind switching over? I want you to be my quarterback in Tulsa. Alright. So I know that history. It's because of you and that standpoint on where AJ is at now. But, you know, again, I can feel you. Your response to that, how people interact in this league during that period of time, and we, you know, they don't even wait until free agency sometimes, right? I felt you on it, and I, and I can feel how that could be so impactful because AJ is an amazing person. Um, you know, the, the what she does for the community is so huge. So then, you know, that impact of you losing that person. Who right now, if she was still with Tulsa, would put more Tulsa, more emphasis on Tulsa. I feel like, right, like that she does bring an emphasis yeah. to Arizona now, 
and then you taking the chance and having the first female quarterback. I mean, that was very, very, uh, how do I put this, um, progressive. That, right. that was progressive. Exactly. Because, and, and then it's it's a person of color. That's progressive, <laughs> right? So I think you do deserve So I, I felt you on that situation. It was great to hear you guys squash, you know, squash anything because there wasn't really anything out of it. Right, right. I could, t- I could tell the humor that was in there in a sense. You know, when I, when I asked you the question, and then you, you kind of were like, you know, oh Eddie, know what's up, right? But it yeah, wasn't, you know what it <laughs> yeah. But it wasn't, it wasn't, in, in any, any malicious or kind of salty way of, of saying that. That was more of like, hey, everybody knows what it is. It's content from that situation. That's the only thing that makes sense. Um, because outside of that, as you guys said, you guys are two great people. So, regardless, right? I, I think again, I feel you on that, and, and it's again, I think you need to hear your due diligence and respect. And you and you seem to like make splashes, right? Because even on Eddie's show, he talked about Gabriel Manning's contract, and that's a big splash, right? <clears throat> I remember that signing of you having him going there was a big splash during that free agency as well um which it seems to continuing continually being a, a topic of discussion in this league um so let's let's talk about you though right so who's dion like who who's this owner that it's, it's surprising when people hear your voice because not everybody's so used to hearing your voice for some reason that's who you are <laughs> i know right uh well yeah i'm trying to trying to get out there more, you know what I'm saying, more forward facing because before I was uh I was more reserved. I mean I would always talk to my guys and my players and staff and stuff, but just in general chat I avoided and I still see what's going on in there but I didn't really participate in a lot of the conversations because when I first became an owner I just I didn't care about none of that. I just wanted to win. I just whatever I needed to do to win. So I would literally tell people I don't care if you say anything, as long as you handle your business, you progress, and that's how I was. But now, I see the value of having uh, people being more forward-facing, participating more in the community, so I can't ask that of someone else if I'm not doing that myself, you know what I mean? So, yeah, that's kind of where my, my change in ownership has progressed over the years. Um, but as far as me, period, I'm just... I'm just Dion. I'm laid back. I'm 31. I'm from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, family man. I I don't know. I I still I still active. Play football. Trying to play every sport that I can. Uh, I feel like I'm a chill person. I don't really get too hyped up over anything. But I'm I'm super competitive. I want to win at everything. Like checkers, chess, racing down the street, football. It don't matter. I want to win. So I'm gonna do everything I can to win. So. I'm just super competitive and laid back to you in person. That's who I am. And those are so complete. I feel like those are such complete polar opposites, right? Because right, right. To be chill, people don't think you're still competitive, and you can you can be both, right? Like I can I can hang back and kind of chill, but you catch me in the wrong situation, I'm a, I might smack talk sometimes, right? But it ain't gonna escalate. Yeah. I'm just gonna talk smack and keep it moving. And it also talks about you know again. Your progressiveness, right? I mean, too. I think today you you kind of share like, hey, you're a smoker, and that's really huge to share. That you know, um, that that's part of the community. And you know, Ray Bentley is a big advocate of 
medical marijuana in this area, and I am as well um, for for right. the the benefits that it gives a lot of the people, right? So I think again, progressiveness is also a huge thing. I kind of noticed with you on on forward thinking. So, so the chill guy yeah. that you you are. Yeah, I'm always looking for like the next person. Like it's the same thing with uh, like with Ashley. Like I wasn't proactively looking for her. Like I would check the chats, and just like I told her, like I was looking at her for weeks. Like I see how she interacted. She wasn't as big as doing everything like back then. Back then she didn't have a podcast or anything, but I could just tell, like her interacting with other members of the community. Like she would lift people up, and I'm like, that's who somebody I want to be on my team. So I could already tell that she had that drive and she would be great not just for Tulsa but for the league as a whole so whether she on my team or not like I'm glad that she's actually making that impact um just how I was like when I came into the league like most rookies are like you're super excited like you watching old SFL videos five or six years back just watching it seeing what happened and trying to learn the history so I could tell she had that passion uh just like other guys I try to bring in like Birdo and Jaden and those guys yeah, and Berto's another dude who I feel like a lot of people don't really get to know him, but he's another really good guy. Berto was a goat. Chill, he's he a future chill. Key. Like he his own team one day. Yeah, he's he's a very chill guy, very relatable, right? Um, I had the pleasure of of working with him outside of of the league, right, with some stuff. So, um. Yeah, you know, like, and you don't know that until you speak to him and you kind of see how he is and you get to interact with him. He's a very humble person. And, um, you know, it, it, it's a pleasure getting to know him. And when I, when I do bring him up, you know, it's always in, in good regards because I think he, he's a person who isn't in the chat. He's a person that isn't, you know, he's in, again, for the game day, yes, right? Like you see him writing in the, in the game day chat. But, you know, in Gen Chatter and that stuff, you barely see a, a Birdo, you know, posting there. But right. he deserves his, 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 as a person, he's really great. And, you know, we have Zeke here. And Zeke is, is a person who always speaks very highly of you and Birdo as well. Said you guys are really amazing. So, now your story, though, right? You said you could relate with rookies. Like, what's your SFL story? How did you end up getting to this? Like, did it start you and then how did we get to where we're at now oh uh, my SFL journey started it was mine was irregular like it's definitely a one of a kind because um so I found the league on Bleacher Report or I think back then it was called Team Stream or something like that so I was just scrolling it had to be like one or two o'clock in the morning and I seen an article about it I think it was Brian Forbes he's one of those guys he like a sports game with I don't know who he writes for, but he writes articles. So I saw it, and then I checked out the games, and I joined the league. Back then, it was crazy different. Like, um, I joined in, like, a, it was kind of like a podcast thing, but it may be only, like, 13 or 14 people on there. And I actually joined as a running back from D.C. What happened is uh, Richard Snow, like, you know, he one of the best SFL running backs of all time. He passed in real life. And he was Destro's running back for the DC Dragons. They first did. And so, um, I don't think it was a draft, but it was I kind of got to essentially take over his player because they needed a replacement. Like, the roster was already set. And 
So it was kind of like an exception. Like I got to take on that pl- that person's player, so I was instantly like one of the best running backs in the league. Like, and if you know, if he was around back then, if you ever looked up Richard Snow, no matter of fact, that's who um, Denver Stadium is named after. So I ended up yeah. taking kind of like his build, and I was instantly one of the best running backs. So it ain't. And that was kind of like an exception, so that's not something that's going to happen again. Well, hopefully, it won't happen again. Somebody passing in right, real life, and I get to take over. But uh, once I found the SFL, I was hooked, like, watching all the videos, listening to all the old podcasts, like, years and years. I was up, like, that night, like, 5, 6 in the morning, just watching and listening all to games. So, and I knew at that point, like, I want to be an owner one day. Like, that was my drive, everything I did. So, um I played with DC and then Destro formed with the team. So I was on the free agent market and I ended up signing with DeMond in Houston. So I played a season in Houston, which was crazy. I think we went to the playoffs and had like an epic game versus Alaska. Um, and I was helping with like the offensive game plan, but I wasn't doing a whole lot at that time. Um, so then after that season, I actually was going to. Andy Hamilton was going out for a team. It was called the, I think, Vancouver Stallions or something like that. And so I joined him in his bid, and I was going to be his coordinator. He ended up not getting, and this was like, I don't know, maybe season eight or season season seven or something like that. Because I remember I was in the movies, and I was literally in the movies, so I had, like, my headphones trying to listen to see if, if we wanted to be it. <laughs> and that was funny. My girl kind of got mad at the time. But, um... So we ended up not getting it, and I ended up talking to Shane Varner. He had Chicago, so I ended up going and being his offensive coordinator for that season, taking my running back there. And that was the first year team. That was the first season of um, Chicago Wildcats. And I was the offensive coordinator. We went to, matter of fact, we went to the championship. We lost. We lost. The Mexico City Aztecs in the championship. That was the Ray Bentley game. He was running over our whole fucking team. Like, we wasn't even on the field. <laughs> <laughs> he was a monster that game. And I, we couldn't stop him for anything. But, um, so, yeah, every step that I took was solely so I can become an owner one day. Because, like I said, from the first day, that's what I wanted to do. So, I just worked my way up. I was a player. Then I became a, a coordinator. Then a coach. And just constantly learning, like, I learned from Destro, I learned from DeMond, I learned from Shan, and just taking little things that they taught me over the years because people, a lot of people, they if they don't actually do the work, they don't realize how hard this is. Like, it's so frustrating. Yeah. You spend five or six hours putting together a game plan, but and you can see something different on the field and what you've seen in all your sims. So if you don't know what you're doing, it's, it's hard. Like, you can get blown out, especially playing guys like Mighty and people who's been doing this for years, they know the ins and outs. It's something that you kind of got to learn as you go. So, um, yeah, that's pretty much my journey. I just kept trucking along, and then when I finally got my team, I was, I was overjoyed. Yeah, and, and that, that's awesome that you were able to experience all these things with people who are still involved with the league, right? Like, these are, like, we just had DeMond tonight, right? And then, you know, right. his story also reaches with Eddie Gage's story, right? And and how though they connect through you guys have connections with Houston through that through that mindset, right? And it, it's like so crazy to know that's what made who you are today. And then you also had the drive to become an owner. 
uh, young owner, right? Like it, it's still again uh, fascinating to see how you got there and the journey you had to take to get there with some pretty great people and some great, pretty great teams. Now, how did you end up coming up with with the Tulsa Desperados? I, I have my own theory, right? Um, and I'll confirm my theory afterwards, right? But you know, well, okay, so. Tulsa to me, you know, I, I've learned about Tulsa and, and, and the huge society of, 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 of African-American people that, that were the Black Wall Street, right? The real Black Wall Street um, and the heritage that that was. And, and I, I, I could be wrong, right? But I felt like it was an homage to, to something that was so big in history that was wiped off the face of the earth by jealous people. Um, that didn't want to see other people make something of themselves, right? Um, right. I connected to that, and it could be wrong, right? And it might be something like that, but I always felt like your team was a tribute to that, and it doesn't let it didn't let that die because that was such a big thing for many communities, and I'm a minority myself, so when I see moments of that where minorities are stopped. Of doing things And I say minorities We're not even the minority No more to be honest with you We became the majority uh, When we stand together But yeah, That's where I think That this Tulsa came from uh, Just Desperados Because it's the West Too right um, But am I right Am I wrong I mean You gotta give yeah, me, you, you gotta you let are, me know here yeah, <laughs> You know Yeah, yeah. You, you know, You're right and That's why I asked I wanted to see If, if you, you hit it Right on the head Like um like our stadium, it's named Greenwood District Stadium. So that was where I got my inspiration from as far as, um, like, where I would put the stadium, what I would call it, and um, and actually keeping it here in Tulsa because I thought about going to other locations, but I was like, nah, I can't do it. Like, I got to have someone someplace in my hometown. And um, yeah, at the time, and this was years ago, like, it recently got a lot more publicity 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 the last few years with like the tv shows and like this past summer they just had the 100th anniversary but uh, a lot of people weren't aware of the history of black wall street and the 1921 race massacre where it was like one of the most influential black towns or black sections of the town like in america and then it was all just burnt down because of jealousy and when no one like it's horrible it's it's just to imagine like where like, how would Tulsa be today if that never took place? Because think of it, this was 100 years ago. This was an all-black community. They had an actual airport and planes and businesses and everything you could think of, movie theaters. And this is this is 1921, and they're prospering, like a wealthy black community. And just to see that all ripped down and to know that there's still people dealing with that to this day, like their ancestors, like just... A couple of months ago, um, they dug up, because it's mass graves, like here in Tulsa, but from all the bodies. And they tried to say it was like either 30 people or something in the past, but in reality, you know, it was way more than that. This was, so to paint the picture, Black Wall Street was 25 blocks, which was, is huge. Just think of 25 blocks today. Think how fast that was in 1921. Uh-huh. So this is thousands of people. And they try to say that I think only 30 or something like that died. But so basically, 
they had mass graves here that he did like unmarked no one knows where they are so they can actually count know how many people truly were murdered that day for those couple of days and just recently they exhumed I think they found like I think they said 38 bodies in a mass grave and this is like adults and children and it's crazy like think like they've been not at rest like this whole time like they just buried in there together like in little little bitty boxes not like actual coffins anyway I'm kind of getting off track but um yeah that was one of the inspirations of uh a lot of desperados and uh desperados I kind of wanted to incorporate something with the Oklahoma land run as well how Oklahoma got started um and then as far as the colors goes I want it to be different. So, like, we got teal and, and red. A lot of people think it's orange, but it is a shade of, <laughs> of red. Um, I just like the color teal and turquoise. So, I used to love the, a lot of people don't remember the Vancouver Grizzlies jerseys, the basketball team, when they had, like, Mike yeah. Bibby. And, I forgot that big white dude's name, big ass center. He went to uh, State. Oh. I remember his name, but. But I, I used to love that jersey, so just that color scheme, no one in the SFL had it. So I wanted to be wanted to be different in that regard. So that's where the inspiration came from about natural colors. But yeah, you hit it on the head with the, the Black Wall Street. That was definitely the, the inspiration. inspiration. And and I'm gonna yeah. tell you, you know, it's it's again um it's sad, right? The history of that and what could have been, right, uh for everybody. I, I think um, we see the social injustices that are still happening to this day. And one thing that I kind of notice, you know, because I, I, I come from different spectrums, right? So I was sharing with Damon, you know, I, I spent a lot of time in Houston. I spent a lot of time here in Maryland. I spent a lot of time in Los Angeles. I was all over the place. And out of all those places, two of those places I can say, for most part... Hispanics and, and blacks are, 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 are we're all together. We all love each right. other. But in LA, it's not like that. We're divided. And what I and and even though there is people that try to break those barriers, those barriers are very deep, which was very eye opening coming to coming to Los Angeles again and, and seeing that and seeing the people um you know not embracing each other like i'm used to here in maryland here dc maryland virginia it's a melting pot is it perfect no nothing ever is most of the time we all grow up with each other and we all grow up you know as feeling as one versus feeling divided but when i went to la and i talked to somebody of a different skin skin tone i got checked for it because of the color of my skin by my own brother Right or, or own race member of mine that that was just like you're, you're betraying your people by talking to somebody else and I said what are you talking about that's the most ignorant right. thought I've ever heard in my life and people don't know this right like people don't really know that in 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 LA that, that this is real that you deal with in the gang culture is so real that a lot of it stems from the the if if you instill this fear and we fight amongst each other. We're never going to help one another be better because if we actually stand with one another, we're more dangerous. And 
dangerous in multiple facets, right? Uh, in the sense of power, and in the sense of knowledge, in the sense of a lot of things. So, you know, kind of knowing that, you know, I, I've I've always kept in mind with with you know just just knowing that what what that period of time could have been for many people. Tulsa could have been the the bigger than Atlanta. I feel like I feel like Atlanta is like that right now. Um, right. For, for 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 the minority community, Atlanta is where where people go to because you have more of those opportunities there for people of color than you do in a lot of other places, right? So, um, what what Tulsa could have been for everybody? Who would have known, right? That that's an opportunity in time that we'll never know what that could have been. But that was such a huge progress, like you said, because everything was in house, banks were in house, everything was in house. That's very dangerous because when everything's in the house, why do I need you? And when people see right. that, then they get into it's a different. Like, it's ridiculous. Like it's 2021. People still hate on each other for skin color. Like, how can we ever move forward? Like, we infighting with each other. It makes literally over nothing. Like the hue of your skin. Like not how you are as a person. Or it's crazy. And the thing is that that's tall. That's the fucked up thing about it. That no baby is born prejudiced. Uh, it's a thought, and it's people still handing that that methodology down to their children. And you're like, why would you teach someone to look at someone different just because the hue of their skin is different from yours? Like it, it makes no sense. Ignorant as hell. Yeah, but again. It's awesome representation. I'm glad I got it right. Um, and turquoise too. Right? I mean, Tulsa, Oklahoma as a whole also has a very huge uh, Native American, if I'm not mistaken, right culture, right of, of Oklahoma yeah. itself. So turquoise, right? Turquoise. There you go. See, it's turquoise, right? So turquoise could also represent some of that Native American, uh, you know, uh, uh, that that other other part of Oklahoma that people probably don't recognize as much. Um, so I think that's really cool. Now, what's what's uh, what's a day in the life for you as an owner? So as as being the owner of Tulsa, what's a day in the life look for you um, at this current state? You know, we got this whole progression thing now uh, that that hopefully made it easier for teams in general. But what's a day in the life look like? My bad, I had to get this pitch off. I'm playing MLB the show right now, <laughs> but um. <laughs> It's actually, uh, I'm like checking in with my guys, mainly my front office people. Like, um, we in the mode of working on the playbook now. So talking with Berto and trying to get that situated. Um, it's kind of a dead period right now. After we done did all the contracts and which actually is, was a great thing. It had its issues, but it made everything way more streamlined than what it used to be previously. Um, so I'll check in, say what's up to the team, make sure everybody's good, and then we'll have a little conversation throughout the day. Um, but right now, as far as play arrives, it's, it's kind of chill, kind of relaxed at this point. We're just ready for the season to get going. Yeah. And and I feel like, again, that a lot of your time used to be in that progression time, especially if you kept a lot of your team members. You were trying to figure out, like, the checks and to figure out bringing in the the rookies that you may potentially want to fill in with but once you got all that now and then everything's in such real time so i can send yeah. you the contract i can get it back like everything's real time man you can knock almost everybody out it, it honestly in a really good day so 
you know, I, I felt like now, yeah, you're right. It's just focusing on the playbook. What else is there now? And for me, it, it is like my my bread and butter as a GM is 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 to get talent, to get the rookies. So yeah, now I'm just making sure people are happy, man. And you know, mm-hmm. talking with people now, you know, to ensure what they want to do with progressions and. You know, so that plan is already in place so for them to just be focused on having fun during the season. So, um, you're right. There ain't much to do after that. And then we're we on to the season, which is in, what, two more weeks? So, it, it's very interesting stuff there. Um, and it sounds like yours is, is, is just like everybody else's at this point. Now, my question for you uh, is, what is your owner style? So, it seems to be very laid back and positive, um, but if you were to kind of let folks know, you know, the type of owner that you would say you are, uh, how would you describe that? Yeah, I am laid back for the most part. Um, always encouraging. Like, I won't, and that's a big thing with me. Like, I always want the individual player to be happy. So I'm not going to ask somebody to do something if they're not comfortable with it, like switching positions or um, if I need them to do something, even when it comes to a progression, uh, at the end of the day, I feel the players, I let them make the final decision. Like, if it's something that I say that I see the team needs, I would chime in and let you know my thoughts. And, like, if I need you to add a particular progression in a few weeks, this is why I want you to do this. But I don't know. At the end of the day, it's up to you. It's your player. So you have the final say so on uh, how you want to build them or what you envision. Because uh, most guys, most players, they'll – take into account what you think and they just will go off whatever you say but you every now and then you'll find those players that they want to do their own thing and they'll let you know why I'll say be like okay why do you want to do it this particular way and so we'll talk and I'll be like okay I agree with that that's cool so I just want everyone to enjoy their experience especially uh, this nowadays you're paying so much money you shouldn't be forced into a particular way or something that you may not agree with and I feel like some owners may do that, and that's what causes people to, to leave for the most part uh, because they want a, a better experience, whether that's some, they want to be more involved with the team or if they're being forced to progress a certain way. So I'm more – I'm there, but I'm not forceful with it. So a lot of people like that about me, and some people may want more direction, so they may want to look elsewhere. But, yeah, I'm, I'm chill, but I'm always talking to my guys, especially in DMs and making sure everybody's good. Yeah, and and I think that's that's awesome to share, right? Um, I can confer, like I said, because of um, what what Zeke told me, right? He said, "Hey, man, those are some really good guys there in Tulsa," and he had the yeah. utmost respect for you and, and Berto, and uh, and and bringing up again, he he didn't get picked up as as the running back that that he is now, right? Which we can see, like, wow, you know, Zeke really deserved to have that spot but he he said it he was like man i ain't going nowhere tulsa it to be a free safety he was not going to leave yeah. you guys if there wasn't that running back that he really wanted to be he wasn't leaving tulsa i can tell you that much because knowing I him already know i already yeah. know and that was one reason why we took i'm like bro you deserve to be a player in this league like we don't got a running back spot but we'll bring you on there'll be your chance so that way you can at least have a shot to do it and i was glad when you guys picked him up I know, you, I know he told you. I talked to him this whole season. You know, I hollered at him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> you know I got it. I got it. We got it. Right, but, um, but that, that's, again, though, 
the respect level that he has for you. I mean, again, he Zeke to me, uh, just like Mel is, is, is they're like family to me, right? Zeke, yeah. you right. know, is Mel's cousin, so like, but you know, I talk to right. Mel every day, like I talk to my own right. pe- like my own family every day, and it's just, again, you know, they're great people, but I know Zeke for a fact he would have never left Tulsa. If that opportunity wasn't there, which we were able to give to him, and he's been killing it ever since. And and I know you guys, you and Berto, you guys are just happy that he, you know, is again getting to do what he do, wanted to do, and is happy now. Yeah. So I can, I can, I, ne- I definitely know that's the case. Now, what do you, uh, what is the culture like in in Tulsa, right? So I feel like right now Tulsa gets a lot of conversation right now because of the huge contract for Gabriel Manning, which you touched upon before, and I'm not really interested in in in, in rehashing that because, I mean, again, it's your decision on, on what you know. You know what you guys are doing. No, no point of us questioning that, right? So. But what I want to know is how's the culture in, in, in that locker room? What what would you say, you know, you, you got – I feel like you got a really good guy in Daniel Wright. Um, I, I interviewed Daniel, um, you know, for for the draft, you know, just to, to get a lot of rookies out there. And uh, he, he was such a very – he's a nice guy, man. He embodies uh, Canada really, really much so, man. Like, he's such a really friendly guy. Um, so how's that? How's that? How's that uh, culture in, in that locker room? Yeah, Daniel's been great, um, along with our other rookies as well. Like I said previously, I didn't really care if people interacted like that, but the last few seasons we've uh, looking for guys just like Daniel and like Miles to turn uh, our culture around. As far as even in general chat or being more talkative in the locker room, that way you can build that. Uh, family atmosphere because we can be on the field with somebody but you ask a guy how his day is or how was his vacation and just small talk like that people don't realize that that goes a long way and that builds a culture so um bringing in guys like that is is helping us turn that around we've always been laid back and once game days and i'm posting jerseys and things like that uh, we all get talkative but i love that we brought in guys that are passionate uh than we had in the past. Some guys, they come in and they handle their business, but they would never say anything in the locker room at all. So kind of turn the corner from that, and you can really see the change in our locker room. People saying good morning more and talking about what they had going on in their daily lives. So it's definitely picking up and becoming a, a better locker room. Yeah, and it's really great to hear that the new blood you brought in really um, really kind of set things off for you. And that's what I'm saying. You're looking forward for you changing, right? That's 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 a great thing. You you always hear I used to always hear in conversations, old guard, new guard type of feel right. in this league, right? right? There's there's some owners who have been here since the dawn of time and and there's some owners who are just coming in and there's kind of that different ideology. And it's understandable, right? I mean, I, I'm a person that I respect both sides. Always how I've been, right? I've I've, I've been raised by folks that were older than me so I had to learn from them um and and it it taught me how to move and how to be you know respectful and you know you don't come in a situation just guns are blazing you have to assess the situation and then you have to look and figure out what the dynamic is and you have to look and see well can I connect with these people so we can break through and 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 and, you know just enjoy the time or whatever the case would be like that's 
that's the type of person I am. Very self-aware and very, you know, um, kind of, you know, taken taken back by it. So yeah. Again, it's it's really great to hear. I think you got some really solid people this draft, and it's it's awesome to hear the replacement that you have from there. Now, as an owner, what is the biggest challenge? Uh, you feel like you face as an owner now, right? We talked about you being very progressive and you changing in this old guard, new guard type of situation. But what do you think is a big challenge as an owner in this league? Just keeping trying to win. Like, man, I thought it was, I thought it was easy at first. I came in my first my first year as an owner. We went eight zero, and I was like, oh, this is cake. And then people start catching up, and we lost a few games. So. I get so down, I get disappointed when I feel like I can't come through for my guys. Like, we had a, okay, we started off slow last season. We went 0-3. And, and I want to win, not even for myself, but for them. Like, I want them to enjoy it. And it's just, yeah. it's heartbreaking at times. Like, I don't even care about the losses, but I feel like I let my guys down. Like, damn, maybe I should have did more or, if I wouldn't have put these plays in, maybe he wouldn't do that interception or, or whatever. So, I don't know. I get kind of hard on myself sometimes because I want to win so bad for those guys, the players on my team. Um, so, I struggle with that at times. I mean, I they will, they'll never see it, but just internally, I think I'm so hard on myself because I want to put a, put, put a good product on the field uh, for those guys. Um, that and just balancing uh, all the different personalities because you'll have a guy that he may want one thing and that's the most important to him and someone else where it may not even be an issue for you but you're like okay I didn't I didn't look at it that way so I can understand so just trying to understand different personalities and having all these different types of personalities and people and have them all come together as one like something I may have to say to one person I may not even have to talk to about that same subject with another person so just balancing that and different uh, personalities and trying to make them get on the same page that could be challenging at times um like i had a guy that i was going to sign one season but come to find out a player on my team already had an issue based off another league so i had to make a decision like man am i going like do i even want to take that chance Uh, i don't want to bring that drama into our locker room we're trying to win games and so just little small things like that where, and at the end of the day, you got to make a business decision. Like having this great player, is it even worth it possibly rattling our team being one? So just things like that, it, it gets difficult at times. Yeah, and I think that was that's great to share because I want, I don't think folks understand how much owners really do take this to heart more than maybe others, right? right? Because – Somebody believed in you, right? Your GM believed in you to sign on with you. Your DDP, your coaches, everybody signed up to be with you because they believe in you. Believe in what you're talking about. Believe in what the team is, right, and what you want it to be. Then you got the players who said, hey, yeah, I'd be happy to be in your organization. And they said they want to be here for the long haul. So then you're thinking about them. And it's tough when when you hand a loss. Because you don't have much control other than what plays you open the game calls for you. Exactly. And and some things work better than others and, and that's why this game is just like Cam says, just like the real game, right? You tune into the NFL, you don't control what your team does. So 
I, but the, the the thing is, I, I know when you have so many people believe in you, when you let them down, it's tough. You hear Eddie, probably the biggest owner out there, to really admit it. I mean, that Denver loss to this day hurts Eddie Gage. Like, I I was there eating with him while he was eating his pasta, taking jabs <laughs> at my, at my uh, 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 Maryland crab cakes. For him to say, you know... <laughs> You know, just kind of, you know, talking about that. So, I, I understand that, you know, it's it's very difficult, a loss. And I think the it gives players opportunity to see that you guys are just like anybody else, man. Y'all want to win. Y'all want to win for the people that believed in you. Because it's 20-plus people that, that end up saying, hey, yeah, I'll be a Tulsa Desperado or a Portland Fleet member. Exactly. So, I can understand that challenge uh, from there. And then, you know, it, it kind of shares that humility, too, of learning through the situations and you I think you you have a really good approach too that I think a lot of people don't really don't really grasp at times is getting like everybody's treated differently right I can't treat you the same way I treat somebody else because that person is some a different individual and they have different you know rules and they have different ways that they go about things so I got to figure that out so I can respect that person right I'm a big person one thing I'm gonna say I'm a big person to respect you know um maybe it's a huge reason why I love Houston so much because Houston is a big city of respect um as long as you're respectful as long as you're courteous you'll be fine but I, I've seen people blow up for just the 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 common and courtesies you know what I'm saying and and you know, I I've even gotten myself in situations in Houston. I'm not even from the city, but you know, I was ready to throw <laughs> fists because of 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 a respect thing that other people in Houston were like, no, 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 you were right. You we we about that respect, and you know, you break somebody's respect in Houston nine times out of ten, they they gonna pop off on you. So, and I think that's yeah, anywhere well, in the where right? but I've seen it in 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 that city in general. So, I get it, right? Like. Get the whole understanding of it. So, thank you for sharing. You know what's that biggest challenge? Because you know, folks think it's, it's it's really easy to be an owner. I think you mentioned that too. Folks think this is really easy at first, but there's a lot of challenges and a lot of balances you have to do at being an owner. So, uh, really great. So, what what um what did you think of this year's draft? So, um. You know, as a whole, you you're yourself. I think we had it only drafted about three people, right? Safety and two linebackers. Yeah, am I right? Had, yep. Yeah, we had three total. Right. So, we, how did I you love, feel? Yeah. Like, what was your thoughts of the draft I, as a whole? I love the draft. Um, the draft is my number one thing every year. Like, I enjoy the draft more than I do than playing and winning the game. Sometimes, just the the strategy of it. Like, you never know. You could think all season, like, yeah, I'm going to take this player. And then that player gets drafted literally to pick right before you. So then you got to go down to the next person on your board. So that seems like a lot of the time, especially with them opening up trades the last few seasons, it like guys could be jump ahead of you to take who you may want and things like that. So um, the draft was – it's always surprising, but especially the run on kickers and the lack of um, e-tackles taken, like you never know what to expect each year. Um, like us, like this is the most fluid draft that we've ever had. Like we could have went so many different directions. And the thing about it is that the last couple of seasons we hadn't really got close to the playoffs, but we was the first team out of the playoffs this game, so we picked right smack dab in the middle at number eleven. 
So we had a few needs, definitely linebacker, which was actually crazy. How <laughs> how our linebacker, we went to having one of the most experienced linebacking calls to having literally all, well, one vet and, and two rookies is going to be starting. But, um, yeah, it was it was our draft. It was crazy. Like, we had to talk the whole time about who we were taking and, oh, this happened, so now let's pivot to this. So our build was not – we literally had – three different ways that we could have went with our field up until draft night. Then we made that decision right then. We had two or three contingency plans, but we would have been fine with either way uh, in different positions. Like, we were initially thinking about taking uh, another D-tackle because we only have one right now with Jaden, so we was going to go back to four. But when we saw right, we was like, man, we can't pass up on that guy. So we ended up taking him and switching up. And actually taking yeah. – because him and who he was as a person literally changed our whole defensive build on the fly right there. It was like, yeah, we got to pull the trigger on this now. So that's why I like yeah. this draft uh, better than most drafts because we had so many different directions we could have went. Yeah, I feel like this draft, you're, you're right. It was it was just – it wasn't what we expected, right? Like I was on the panelists and, yo, how many times me and Chad and Aaron asked – Kept on saying, "Yo, DT gonna be taken right here." Right, and right. DT be taken. I was like, "Damn, man!" And it's not easy because it's not you can't you can only guess so far. I don't I don't see how your DMs go. I don't see how you engage in SFLM gen chat. I don't see how you are in your own locker room. Exactly. So there's certain things that I, you have you you either get from certain people and they try to feed you some information and you try to make your picture. Um, right. So one thing, and one thing I want people to know about the draft is that so everyone sees the mock drafts, and so people are thinking like, man, this guy's the highest value. He's talking every day. He boosts people. Can we, why would they not take him? People forget that it's literally players out here that say, I do not want to come to your team. I have my mind set on this particular team. I'm hoping they take me. People seem to forget about that aspect. That happens every single year with certain teams, certain players. And there's nothing wrong with it. I mean, that's a that's a part of the SFL. You can kind of dictate where you want to go, and you can either build a rapport with that owner or maybe you work with that guy or, because it's not like NFL where you just come from University of Cincinnati and you just go whoever the hell take you. Like, it's relationships that's already built. So I see that all the time. People wonder, and they forget about that. It's it, it hasn't happened too much with us, but it has happened before. Like, um, and a lot of the times it's not even because they don't respect your organization or because if they don't think you're a good team, it might have been that, oh, well, we didn't have enough time to talk to you because it's a hundred and something players. You might not have time to talk to every single person or you might have think that person was so good there ain't no way in hell they're going to be there at number 11 or whatever the case may be. So why even – because what we do is we reach out, we have interviews. We ask questions before the draft comes. Like, the people that we draft, it's never just a shot. Okay, we need a D-tackle, so we're just going to take one. Like like I said, it goes back to having – to wanting all your players to enjoy the experience. So we talk to them first. Hey, if this were to happen, how would you feel about coming to – being a Desperado or – What's your aspirations in the league? Do you want to coach? Do you want to scout? What can I do to help you get to where you want to be in your SFL career, whether that's this season or 
five or six seasons? What do you want to be an owner? So we try to find those right people that fit. First of all, that we can help, and it fits in our culture. But people forget about that. Sometimes good people literally just tell you, no, I want to play elsewhere. So you be like, okay, well, I'm not going to force somebody to be here. So he's the number one wide receiver or whatever it may be. We're we not even looking at him because he already let us know what it is. He probably don't leave after the season. So people yeah. forget about that. I- I think again, yeah, it you we all. I, I feel like there's always a common common thing that most teams always look for, right. And it's 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 that reliability, right? That reliability right. and loyalty of the team because we see that um, the most successful teams out here are the ones that stick together, right? A good example yeah. was Denver recently, right? Like that was a team that stuck together for the most part a lot of seasons. Um, to replicate it one more time, and then they decided to disband the band, right? Um, yeah. So it, it's like you you see the secret sauces, right? That, that, that everybody kind of mentions, and yeah, that's what everybody tries to look for. And and I know certain things happen, right? Like we had a a, a rookie who, you know, in my first season who killed it in a in Dakota Johansson, but he had disappeared. COVID. Happened and we didn't hear nothing from him. And you know, life. You know, he was from Canada, stranded in London. So, you know, there's certain things that you can't control, but you try to get um, as much as 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 you can to to build the the what you see. And I think in this draft, speaking to people like Daniel Wright, who you drafted. The whole community that Justice Blackwell brought in with, with you know, he's one of them. Um, you really got to see there were some really great people in this draft who, yeah. were, who were great people in general. So, and every draft impressed me, man. You know, season 15's draft was impressive. A lot of those people are GMs or minority orders now and, you know, all different types of stuff. And, you know, the, the next draft after that, like every single draft seems to have something special about them. So shows how attractive this, this community and this game is. Um, now, in the time that you've been in, uh, how has the league differed over the years? Um, just the involvement and how in-depth it is. Um, before, we was on, I don't even know what platform it was. But then we went over to Slack, and now everything is streamlined. I can get a hold of somebody as soon as I need to, anytime, at any point. Um, guys are way more involved. Look how many shows and podcasts he is. He had one podcast back then. Now we got five or six teams doing their own YouTube channel and specials and things. So it's just way more in-depth than it definitely was back then and and I think we're just scratching the surface like this league has so much potential and I tell people all the time like I still play semi pro football and they be like what they'll see me post on they be like what the hell is that so I explain to them I'm like y'all sleeping on this shit now don't come back to me 10 years trying to get in when we all making a whole bunch of money and it's, it's on TV and esports leagues everywhere because people don't understand like how fun it is first of all like it's a big thing so yeah it's it blows up every year. Every year, something else is added, and we just get bigger and bigger. And other people leagues try to copycat it, and nothing else is like the SFL. Nah, you're right. Nothing's like it, right? And you can even hear, um, you can even hear so somebody like Brock 
people into this league, right? Um, mm-hmm. He he has a strong community of people who watch his 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 community of, of, of you know simulation wrestling to respect mm-hmm. what he sees here and respects the community and part of and brought his community over here. So that right. that's such a huge um, like you're right. I think as soon as it catches fire, it catches fire. I told that to Cam. I said, man, I can see this on ESPN. I can see this being a a real competitive sport where, again, who knows how it can go, right? Is it going to exactly. stay in this structure, or do you give it now where, hey, people compete with each other in real time? You know, you, you submit, like, tournament-style coaching or something. I don't know, right? Um, Man, that'll be the day when we can call plays on our own lives. Oh my God! Like the <laughs> it'd that's be gonna change everything. I, I know it's gonna happen. Oh, it might be a while, but I know that's gonna happen. That's gonna change everything. You ain't gonna see no fake snaps five or six times, or guys onside kicking in with four minutes and thirty seconds left in the game. Think of when that actually happens and how. That's going to show who the real coaches is, and that's going to change everything. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I can't wait to that day. Yeah, and like I said, when that does happen, I mean, I, I've been on it season 14. It's been three seasons. My math wrong, right? Yeah, you know, three seasons or so. So, you know, it, it's, it's changed so much in that small time frame. So I can imagine in your time frame, even more on how that's changed, right? And I always love hearing it because we don't know about it. There's no, there's no SFL history book, right? If you if you really want to respect the people before you, you gotta ask the questions or you gotta have certain things here. And it's really what you know. I always loved about this show is that we can do that. I can get stories from people who've been around and, and knowledge that's been around. Hopefully, or somebody who come around can 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 listen and pay more homage and pay more respects and and we kind of get this meshing of the old guard new guard mentality you know what i'm saying and people who might not be as progressive can now progress easy they can understand one another who knows i think i'm like right in the middle <laughs> <The old> guard, <laughs> new guard, I, don't, I don't know where i fall in that category hey but i mean again we talk about your pro- pro- mindset so by you having that mindset i think you're more in in the new guard than you can say yourself always just being in the old guard right um so yeah you're right you're you're probably the the best hybrid out there um of 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 that owner who's been here for a while but is still so progressive and trying to move forward and has a very forward thinking Mm -hmm. to even change your your culture around in drafting these people who were going to bring more to Tulsa and then yourself right. saying hey I'm going to change too so I'm not just a typical owner I you know right. I, I, I'm even at this age and I mean I'm going to tell you you're 31 I'm 31 too so <laughs> I get it man like we at our age hey, there's still so much it's more to go yeah we there's still so much to go it's almost kicking rocks and then I get to 30 I'm like man what was I thinking at 20 man there's really not even that much of a difference right I just have more knowledge now and I have a better understanding so um, when it comes down to your team roster right so 
We talked about everybody being so curious about, you know, Gabriel Manning and what's happening there. And then I know Senzo Robinson was a topic of discussion at one time too, right? So how do you build your, your team roster? Like when you're looking at things right now, I don't want you to give me the secret sauce out here, right? Don't tell me what's inside uh, the secret spices in, in KFC, right? But, you know, how do you look at um, building, you know, your team roster, uh, well, we try to shore up where we had deficiencies the season before. So whether that's um, working on particular attributes, like using our coach points maybe to get faster or to get stronger, or just our build in general like we did uh, this past season, um, something that we definitely recognized was a low point of us was our running game. So we wanted to bring in a fullback. That was one of our number one off-season priorities. So we initially didn't um, we didn't know if we were going to do it through free agency or in the draft, which when we first started the process, we was going to go the draft route. So we spoke with a few uh, fullbacks because that was going to be um, one of our first picks, like first round. Like, we don't care who we're Like, we're going to take one of the fullbacks. But um, when free agency happened, we ended up finding Stephen McMichaels, and he was interested in – we spoke with him, and he was a tight end last season. And the good thing about why we chose to go with him instead of a, a rookie was because him being a tight end, when he moved to fullback, like his stats, his attributes are ridiculous. Like he has max catching and max, um, like he's like one of the faster and the more agile fullbacks. So now all we have to do is build up his strength and his run blocking, and he's going to be one of the best fullbacks in the league. And that was going to be one of our, it ain't no secret, but people can see, like, even in our sims, like, he's catching the ball out of the backfield. So it's just another weapon that our offense uh, can use that we didn't have the last two, the last few seasons because we've never had a, a fullback here in Tulsa before. So uh, something like that. And um, then the people, wanting to find people on our team that still fits our culture and our build. Um, but we kind of... We kind of knew which route we were going to go with as far as trying to change the culture, like I spoke to a little while ago, but our build is pretty fluid this season. So those guys kind of just fell in our lap. Yeah. And you didn't really lose many people out there to to type of free agency, right? So I think, again, what you've been wanting to do is happening and only needing three. And Stephen Michaels, too, right? You could you could attribute him, right, like someone like a seasoned rookie, right? He, he has spent time with teams, but it's only been like one season. So, you right. know, it, it, so you could still could give him that, that, that kind of, hey, still having that rookie – Mindset, but you know it's really awesome. I, I know a lot of team members are happy that came up. Um, I don't remember which one of my guys, whether it was Bob Funk or, or Art Vandalay, but I know they were very happy on seeing that uh, Stephen Michaels found a home um, yeah. after the whole situation in, in San Diego, whatever that was, right? So, um, really, really glad to see that, and really awesome to see how you were building your team roster. Now. Um, since you've been around so long, like what, what do you enjoy most about this league? Um, what has kept you coming back over and over again um, and, and staying as long as you have been so far? Um, and I, I just love the league overall. Like the relationships you feel with people and people across different countries. Like I talked to Liam. I don't know nobody in fucking England. Like without the Instagram, <laughs> I wouldn't even I wouldn't even know anybody internationally. Like like it's crazy. Yeah. Like. 
And these people that you never met in person, that you just build a rapport with, and they can become some of your best friends. And you got a, a common thing. Like, you love the SFL, and you love competing and just building relationships. Like, even people who are not even on your team. Like, we talk, like Bob Funk. I talked to Bob Funk a lot during his rookie process, and, I, and he was on our draft board. But it's just, that's a perfect example with Zeke or whoever. Like, people that I would have never ran across in my life. Now we have this common thing with the SFL. I can call this random person that is a different ethnicity, different background, different cultures, different whatever they do in their lives. But we have this common thing with the SFL. I like playing football. This other person like playing Dungeons and Dragons or building computers. We have not a lot in common, but except the SFL. We can come together and be friends where due to our location or our interest besides the SFL, we would have never even met each other or built that bond. So even if I had the worst team ever and we never won any games and we sucked, I would still love the league because of the, the people that supported me. Yeah. And and I think, again, it, it goes so far, this people in this league, you know, it's what everybody ends up saying, man. I've seen so many people with my short period of time leave and come back. Um, and I just had a player not too long ago tell me, man, the only reason why I'm here is because of you guys. Because of the way you guys, he's like, I've been part of so many different leagues, sim leagues, and I always right. quit because of the people. And he's like, yeah. this is the opposite. I actually stay here because of the people. So it's cool stuff, man. It really is. And it, you're right. I mean, you, you connect with people that you don't even know on something like this in football and it means so much i mean shoot even my wife wears my my gear sometimes right and she knows a great gift now is is something of the portland fleet right so um to 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 embody it and live it and 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 do this every day and spend a friday night talking about it uh it's, it's really awesome what we have here now in in what's been your best sfl memory um in your, you know, time in the league, what has been the best memory for you thus far? Um, so I got a couple. As a as a player, um, well, player slash coach, uh, it was a game when I was a offensive coordinator coaching Chicago. We had, I think it was a, it was the semifinal game that took us to the championship. I think we went. I think it was maybe like a triple overtime game, and we won it on like a walk off touchdown pass, like, 60-yard bomb. It was that game, like, just gave me – because I know how much work and how hard we put it in. Atlanta had a great team. We played in Atlanta. They had a great team that season. And just the – how much time and hours that we spent on the phone and working this game plan and, I don't know, that was just, like, the peak of my player and coaching career to, up until that point, just to see it all come to fruition. Um and second, it was just me getting my team. Like, if people haven't applied before, like, you don't just put in an application and see what happens. Like, you have to do your due diligence. You have to explain to the owners and to the league why you deserve this team. Like, what you do to the league is not just, oh, I got the most money, so they go a couple thousand dollars on the team. Because if you see, that don't mean nothing. It don't matter how much money you have. It's about your passion and what 
why you an asset to this league as the ownership group. So, I mean, in everything I did, like I said earlier, that's my day one. I wanted to be an owner. So, when I fulfilled that goal, it was everything to me. I was at my little brother's scrimmage football game. I'm in the stands like, let's go! Like, what was looking at me? Because I'm yelling. I'm, I had my headphones in, listening to the announcement and everything. And, it's like a timeout, so nothing even going on on the field. I'm in the stands, like, let's fucking go. Like, hell yeah. Everybody look at me like, motherfucker, ain't nothing happening. Like, <laughs> we're in a timeout right now, but nobody knew what I was talking about. So that was uh, that was definitely a, a number one moment for me. Yeah. And, no, uh, I mean, I, I think touching – I want to touch up on that, right, and on the seriousness of ownership. I know that some recent stuff. Um, that I know, um, you know, that, that, that some folks may not understand the process as being an owner, right? I think yeah. there's folks that are in this position right now that, that take this and, 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 you know, some folks say it's just a game and, and I do understand that, but there's people that have given up a lot for this game. So when you give right. up something, you don't want to just give it to somebody else and they not appreciate the some of the sacrifices you guys had to make right and um i I understand both sides right because there's more sacrifices happening and there's other sacrifices that aren't necessarily monetary right so we're not talking about just financial sacrifices i'm talking about like there's a lot of other things that you guys have probably done to make sure you have a team and and like i said the stuff that we won't understand so when you go for that process, I always try to tell folks, you, you want to be as serious as possible. You want to take it as serious as possible and really have a game plan. Because if you don't, you didn't do research. You didn't, you didn't show that it was, it was very serious to you. And although, right. yes, it is a game. And although it, it, you know, you may see it as a different way. Like I always try to tell people, man, it's always best to come respect somebody then try to go kind of your way and it's not necessarily saying you're changing your way because you're afraid to be who you are no it's just saying hey look this is who i am but i'm gonna respect what you guys do because again i'm a big traditionalist maybe it's because of the culture i come from but like traditions and stuff like that they mean something to us right the little things that we do they mean something so I get it, right? And and I and I agree. I think when you do that process, you should try to take it with some type of seriousness. Even though, yes, I get some other people's mindset is like, "Well, I should be who I am." It's just a game, right? It it is a game, but for some people, they've given up a lot to just have this game. Whether that's giving up time with family, giving up time, you know, uh, uh, with their kids, you know, financially, whatever it is. So just sometimes showing that. And get more people to, to to help you achieve what you want to do versus hurt you what you want to do. But uh, <laughs> so um, while being in this league, right, uh, you've, you've been around and have been around a lot of great people. What what do you think you've learned while being in this league? Like, what has this league has this league taught you anything that you felt like, man, um, I've I've bettered for or yeah, um, just reaching out to people like being more more personable like like something or reaching out to someone that you don't have anything in common with so 
you can't judge a book by its cover or even like some common life. Like if that person doesn't play football or if they don't like the same thing you like, it doesn't matter. So seeing how much genuinely, genuinely that I connect with people who come from a different walk of life than me is something that I may not have even thought about before. So like a lot of people like say someone does coding or they're really big into computers. I, I, shit, I barely know how to work Photoshop, so I ain't the biggest <laughs> computer person. So I may not have even talked to that person, or we have may have not had a chance to even run across each other. But now I want to learn. Like I need to learn. Like what makes this person tick, or why are they so interested in that? Maybe it's something that I could better myself finding out what they know. So yeah, just dealing with different people from walks of life, and they taught me to. Don't be hesitant to take that step, to reach out to somebody, to ask how someone is doing. And it's even been times where people are going through something personally in their life or just something small that I could have said may seem minuscule, but that might have been a major thing for that person to help them get through life. So, um, yeah, just be more open to different thoughts and seeing things from other perspectives, point of view, and just, it helped me become a a more well-rounded and, and better person, I believe. And I think that's because of this league and how many different people are in. Yeah. And, you know, that, that's a, a, a skill, Dion, that I'm going to tell you is uh, <laughs> not a lot of people have that skill, right? It, it's hard. It's mm-hmm. hard to to take other people's viewpoints and, 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 and not want to put your point across, right? Because, I mean, as, as humans, right, we always want to be right. But it takes us, it takes somebody to really take a step back and, and and evaluate both sides and then try to get a good understanding of it, and then try you know try to take that understanding and, and do whatever with it, right? Whether that's an understanding of why a person reacts a certain way or um, understanding how to maybe maneuver with certain people so you can get whatever you need to get done. Like whatever the the situation is, it's a great mindset to to really collaborate. And, and listen because then you can learn and adapt and I'm gonna tell you like my my biggest success as in my job was creating creating a team of people to do a job that they normally wouldn't and and I have probably one of the most diverse teams in the company right I have women yeah. I have men I have old I have young I have everything in my in my team right in my customer service team and my warehouse team yeah and they all come from different walks of life. I got dudes that are old enough to be my dad, and I got <laughs> youngins that are basically could be my kids, right? So yeah. I'm in the middle ground, and, and my success comes from just literally taking and collaborating and getting the my seniors, right, my people who've been here for a while, to be with my rookies and, and kind of make the mesh and be like, all right, you know, collaborate with each other. And, and I really look for certain characteristics that always work. Right. Yeah. I always look for work ethic. I always look for respect. I always look for communication because these are key things that I can't always teach. I can't teach you a strong work ethic. I can't teach you to get up early in the morning and getting your butt to work when you're supposed to be here. I can't teach you that. That's something you, your right. parents either instilled in you or not. So I always look for that hard work ethic. I look for communication. You may not always be right, but I want you to communicate what you did wrong or if something went wrong so we can fix it. I hate, like I always tell my people, I always hate finding out stuff and then have come and get you on. 
debate that. Just tell me that it happened and we move on. If you catch any kind of repercussions from it, that's life. I make a decision yeah. to shoot somebody <laughs> and I get caught, that's a consequence. So yeah. I try to tell them, but admit when you did wrong. If you do that, nine times out of ten, as a human, I understand it, and I'm humble enough to be like, all right, cool. You know you messed up, bet. You know how you messed up. We're not going to do this again. But if it does happen again, then you know the course of action that we're going to take from there. But I've been successful because of just how I respect everybody's viewpoint. I get everybody's buy-in, and I end up getting their opinions and their thoughts and their things and come up as a team and say, all right, bet. Is everything y'all told me y'all about what you think? Y'all 100% agree with it? Yes, we do. Okay, so we agree on this. We agree that what we want to accomplish, we agree that all these things that are important to each and every one of y'all, it's not represented in this group And it's now talked about amongst each other We understand what the goal is And I don't want to hear no smoke And as soon as I set that up And I do that these They, they move with such Unison and such Connection And I tell them you ain't got to love them This dude right here you ain't got to be your best friend After work all I need them Need y'all to do is to move this Move these mountains so we can produce And we can be the best and I can get y'all paid. So everybody's on that same page, man. It's it's really what I've been successful on and why I feel like me being a general manager in this league has meant so much more to me because I'm able to do what I do in real life here in, in Portland and I mean I've been having a blast ever since and I think you know, just like everybody says, right? But I, I truly think that I have some great individuals on, on, on Portland squad that it took three drafts and some free agents to really make that come together. But right. damn, you know, with, when we got OJ, we were jumping up for joy because we felt like at least the process, right? I can't, like we, we can't control certain control things, but if everything works out and there ain't no external, you know, things happening, uh, this could be a team that can stick around forever. And that's kind of what you want. So it's very exciting. Sure. But, you know, when you kind of talk about that collaborative it seems the topic of the night for you for some reason is progressive um, and, and that's where again you find those type of people the most successful in whatever they try to do because they understand that it's not them that builds the team it's everybody who builds the team and you're yeah. able to do so much more with so much little because you're able to have so many people help you out so Dion final thoughts you know you uh I appreciate your patience tonight. Um, I appreciate you, you know, taking the time and, and really bridging that, right? Like, I, I'm going to tell you, I, I don't really know who listens to my show until they call in or they hit me up and say, oh, great show, right? Like, I really don't know. I do this because I love to learn about people. I don't do this, you know, <laughs> because... I get paid or something, right? Like, I, I do. Yeah. I love history. I love getting to know everybody's individual story because everybody got a story to tell. So, without further ado, though, what's your last thoughts? The floor is yours. Anything you want to share, um, please do so. Man, I'm just I'm just excited for the season. Like, I love the direction that the SFL is going and The SFL is part of my family. Like, like I'm vested. Like, my girl is vested. Like, we just... Like, even though she's not in the league, she right here with me. She's been sitting right here next to me this whole time. We're going to be doing these podcasts and driving in the car. And so I just love how it's a, it's a family atmosphere. And 
I know people have other family members that's not even in the league, but they're part of it too. Um, I'm excited about the convention. I'm hoping we can stay down there more than two days in my job situation, but I'm excited to see people and meet people that I haven't met before because I made the first one, but I wasn't able to make the second one. So I'm really excited about this. I mean, I fucking hate Houston, so I don't. I don't really. <laughs> I, I have a thing with. I have a thing with Houston because of traffic. Literally traffic. I cannot stand. And I grew up in Dallas. Like I lived in Dallas for like nine and a half years. So I thought Dallas traffic was bad. I went to Houston, and I love the city, but I hate the traffic. I'm stuck in traffic 10:30 in the morning on a Tuesday. I'm like, it makes no sense for me to be in traffic. So I. I just don't like, and I'm a Dallas Mavericks fan, so I hate the Houston Rockets, but it's really because of the traffic. But I love the Houston as a city, but the traffic, I, I can't deal with it. I love the food, though. They got some delicious food. Coming so, yeah. from L.A., <laughs> Houston was nothing. I, because when I went I to L.A., LA yeah, and I, I told my wife, I said, hey, I want to let you know, there's going to be traffic at whatever time. She's like, no, 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 you're lying. I said, look, it's two in the morning, right? There's gonna be. I promise yeah. you, we're gonna get on. I think it was the 101, and I was like, we're gonna hit traffic. Watch. And she's like, all right, we get on the 101, and we ain't even on the highway yet, and I'm already in traffic getting on the ramp. And she says, you weren't lying. It's two in the morning, and these fools are out here in traffic. And I said, hey, ain't nothing like LA traffic. Look up like traffic, uh, uh, Christmas LA traffic. And put New Year's, and I promise you, the city stands still. And you're like, what are these people thinking they're gonna go? Like, you might as well spend the holiday yeah, in your you car. Even get anywhere? I don't understand. Like, how early <laughs> do you have to leave home to get to work to make it? Um, to it is place? it is a legit excuse when you say, "Yo, LA, I was stuck in LA traffic." Like, it's a legit excuse. Um, but to be honest with you, a lot of people just take alternative commutes, walking, uh, buses, trains. Like, we yeah. actually try to utilize as much as possible. Uh, because if you have a car, you ain't making it. So, um, so a lot of people use alternatives like biking and stuff like that. And it's, it's LA too, so they like they're all about health a lot of times. So um, it is what it is. But it, you know, Dion, again, thank you again for for jumping on tonight. Oh, AJ had a quick question, but I might have to just send it to you. Maybe you answer it another time because it's only two minutes left on this, and I want to let folks know about the next contest. So again, thank you for, right, for, for calling in tonight, man. It was it was a pleasure getting to know you, man. And I know this won't be the last time, but I appreciate you stopping. Yeah, appreciate you having me. All right, later. All right. So thank you to. Uh, you know, Damon for 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 representing Houston and and joining and having fun with me tonight. Um, that was cool. You know, got to really re- re- reminisce about Houston. And even though we didn't get to get to all the questions, I'm gonna get Damon back on here so we can get to answer more things because I think he has a lot more to share. Uh, shout out to Dion, right? Dion, great great job there on on uh, on you know. And, 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 and what the, the Desperado means And just everything else man. Great knowledge tonight for real But again I, I leave you with this You know listen to the other content that's out there Tuesdays and Thursdays Dave Axis uh, Thursdays Ashley drops You know it, uh, her her uh, podcast Right what she just did with Dave Axis Last week so check that out uh, Coach Craven's show 
uh, Coach's Corner. You have Wednesdays, when Tyler's back, you'll have Netma with Tyler and Kendra. And then you have Swamp Talk by Ross Napoli on Fridays. And, and on Fridays, you got Eddie Gages. Say it with your chest, which, uh, you know, got to shout him out as well. So thank you again. You guys will see me maybe on Monday. Not sure yet. Um, if not, you definitely catch me on Fridays. Until again, be safe, SFL Nation. Thanks for joining me on this Friday. Peace.